to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. And now you will fly to him and you will battle him to the death. Black and blue. Fight night. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. God versus man. Day versus night. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. Twenty years in Gotham. How many good guys are left? How many stay that way? Boy, do we have problems up here. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we're talking about this fantastic bat flick, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. How are you doing tonight, Anne-Marie? I am wonderific. I am wonderific as well. You know why? Why? I've seen Batman v Superman like three times in the past week. You really have. It's I have. It's mm-hmm. great. There's people that will give you a run for your money on that, though. Yeah, probably. Hey, they, they might even be on this podcast. At least one of them is on this <laughs> podcast. Definitely. But you know what? That, that, that is a great opportunity to go in and bring in our guest. Amory, why don't you introduce our guest? All right. Tonight we have two guests. First is Rebecca Johnson, co-host of Supergirl Radio, a YouTuber, and art... Oh, see, she's using big words for me. Art and Defender of Zack Snyder. How are we doing, Rebecca? Art isn't a big word. It is at the moment. Okay. It is yeah, at I the moment. I don't, I don't use too many big words. I was words, like, fancy. Probably the biggest. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this movie with you guys. And I've seen it five times now. Nice. So I'm, I'm going for a record. I like it. I like it. Nice. Which, by the way, uh, I, I will say that our guests are both dressed like a Superman and a Batman, and so are we. I'm, I'm the Superman. I, I'm Wonder Bat, actually. Yeah, yeah you're Wonder Bat. <laughs> nice. I am Wonder Bat. So, yay. Excellent. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce our other And guys. our next guest is Holy Bat Pastor, the amateur Batman expert, former Husker of Hubcap's potential podcaster, future cultural architect for the faith community, and a recent summa cum laude graduate of Mercer University. Congratulations. With Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Work. Yeah, it's so good to be here, yay. especially among friends. Yeah, it's so great to finally have you on the show because, I mean, I, you, you've left us many, many voicemails. You're all over our Twitter all the time, I think. But I think this is – I've hung out with you. Like, actually, me, you, and Rebecca went out for lunch one time. That's right. That's right. That was the first time we all met up. Yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, Anne-Marie has, ne- has never spoken to you until That's right. just tonight. Yeah, I've so. listened to him speak to me yes. via voicemail, <laughs> and I have spoken to him many, many times via podcast. But this is the first conversation. So, okay. yeah. Yes, first conversation. Yes. Okay. Well, we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about. You guys have to get to another, yet another showing of Batman v Superman uh, here shortly. So we 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 don't want to make you guys too late for it. So uh, we're we're going to go ahead and get started. Amory, why don't you kick it off with the rhyming Riddling episode summary? (laughs) Episode or uh, movie summary? (laughs) Movie summary. Why does Batsy hate soup so much? He thinks he's a god who's losing his touch. Is Lex Luthor a madman savant? He tricks our heroes with family-based taunts. Who will win on fight night? It could go either way. Can they set beef aside to go save the day? The day. The day? That's not spelled right. Um, Will the other heroes adapt Lex Luthor's brand? (laughs) Justice will dawn in Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman! Superman! 
<laughs> okay, I, I'll throw it to the guest first. Uh, yes. Let's start with Holy Bat Pastor. Holy Bat Pastor, overall, yes. general impression, what'd you think? Oh, general impressions. I don't do impressions well, but yes, I will say <laughs> that the movie, I have to admit, I'll just fast forward. The Dark Knight Rises has, for the past, what, four years, been my go-to number one. I love all the Batman iterations. The Dark Knight Rises is the one that, like, lured me back in to a crazy level of Batman fandom. However, I will say, we give this long enough, this one could top The Dark Knight Rises for me, even though it is not strictly a Batman film, and that is saying something. <laughs> Definitely, because nice. yeah, you're not exaggerating when you say a crazy level of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, uh, that's a little off. Uh, Rebecca, what did you think of it overall? Uh, I would sort of echo some of his sentiments. This, this Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, I think, is now my favorite superhero movie. Ooh. I think I would go that far as to say I think it's it's very close to being a very perfect movie for me. And I think it it hits all the right notes for me. It has great cinematography. It has a great score. The mm-hmm. acting is phenomenal. And it has it actually gave me what I've always wanted, which was a live action death of Superman. So mm-hmm. I am Definitely. very and I know that sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> like I've always wanted die. him just to die. Um, but I specifically and we'll, we'll get into this, but I had always wanted that epic, iconic shot of, a you know, dead Superman uh, in mm-hmm. Lois Lane's arms. And I got that. So thank you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Excellent. OK, Amory, what did you think of it overall? Um. <laughs> I liked it. I I'm not as over the moon as y'all are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, but to, to to be to, clear, right off the top, it, we're big superhero comic book fans. Amory's a Gotham fan. Yeah, has kind of dabbled in the rest of the. I comic have dabbled book stuff. in Batman. I have not dabbled anywhere else. I am Gotham and dabbling in Batman and fully supporting pushing Wonder Woman on my daughter. So um, I liked it. I enjoy it. It was definitely better the second time when there were not two margaritas and a microbrew involved. But, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, when you're out without children, it happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have positives. I have negatives, but I have positives. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, I we guess... We know you like it. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to even talk about it. We don't need to talk because, about you. Because, yeah, I'm, com- I, I'm completely over the moon, as you said. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do apologize for anyone who was following me on social media or in real life the day the movie came out and I knew it was going to be Every sentence I said literally ended with Batman v Superman. That's cool. I like that. Yes. <laughs> oh my More power God. to you. Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we do have some general kind of guideposts to guide the discussion. I'm sure we'll be getting off into a bunch of crazy topics too. That's what we do. But uh, first we're going to start uh, with characters. And uh, in particular, since his name comes first in the title, he's, he's not my favorite. My favorite Superman, but his name comes first in the title. Mm-hmm. So Batman. Uh, let's talk about Batman first. Okay, let's start off with, since you're such a crazy, huge Bat fan, Holy Bat Pastor, what were your thoughts about Batman in this movie? Oh, wow. You're making me go first. See, I was yes, really I looking am. forward to, like, just playing off of everything, <laughs> all of the wisdom that was going to be coming out oh, of Oh, no, these are in mouth. order in our dock. They're going to be jumping around, though. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So. Well, um, yeah, wow. I can't say enough. Um, just not even, yeah, how, how do I need to put this? Having nothing to do with my love for the character, let me just look at Ben Affleck strictly and this yes, iteration just off the chain. I mean, I am I am absolutely blown away. This is three times I've seen it. Last night I, I had the opportunity to see it in 3D for the first time. Third time to see it overall. 
And I am just absolutely astounded at what they've done with the character. Um, I think his portrayal takes uh, the Batman character to an entirely new level that mm-hmm. we've not seen before. Um, and I could go on and on, and I don't want to take away from anyone else else's comments because I, I feel like I'm going to be redundant. But just the the fight sequences, the emotional uh, arc of his character, uh, the way that he has been pushed. I think in the notes, I, I was this one of the few notes I was able to add to. I said Batman's humanity, especially the broken facets of his psyche, have been pushed past all limits he has previously known. He clearly feels backed into a corner of fear rage and helplessness and i actually like seeing my superheroes especially batman be so human that they're not perfect mm-hmm. i mean Valuable. he is yes i i really like this interpretation and i like that we see him um pushing past some of his typical moral boundaries not because i want to see him be immoral but i want to see him question those ethical boundaries and then pull back from where he feels like he's gone over the line. So, um, yes, I am totally impressed with his portrayal. And I am praying that we get at least a trilogy of standalone Batman films starring and maybe even directed by and maybe even screenplay uh, written by or co-written by Ben Affleck. Yeah, well, uh, word on the street from him is that, yeah, he's, he's already penned the first one. He's like, good really? at all that yeah. stuff. Yes, like, he is good. At he all. can literally do all of it. Yes, yes. not he's so good at relationships, it. but hey, everything else he's <laughs> hey, got. Who is? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is very much like Batman, you know, because Batman's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a one man team. Right. <laughs> he's like, I do everything. I CrossFit alone if I have to. <laughs> um, but girls, eh, no, thank you. Can't handle it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, based on what you were saying, though, uh, Holy Bat Pastor, I, I do definitely agree. I, I, I thought that Batman as a cynic was a very interesting take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he had a very interesting arc throughout the whole movie. And, and I thought that, uh, you, you know, uh, the inciting incident was kind of Superman's actions and Man of Steel mm-hmm. and whatever happened to Wayne Manor and Robin and all of that, which was kind of left kind of like a big question mark. I'm sure we'll... Get more yeah. of that uh, moving I forward, so. but uh, it caused him to abandon his. Uh, and this for this for the Gotham fans, his one mm. true calling. Yeah, I, and uh, I I'd, I'd really just love a, a comic book series to kind of flesh out this version's history a bit more because it's obvious he's walked a very different path than the Batman I know from the comics. Well, yeah. at the same mm-hmm. time, feeling. A lot like the Batman I know from the comics. Yeah. So it, it, very interesting. So what, what do you guys think about it? Did, did you guys pick up on any clues about what might have happened at uh, Wayne Manor or what? I, I mean, I'm guessing the Joker took out Robin. But did, did you guys pick up on any hints as to what uh, this Batman's history might have been? Did you? I, well, I mean, it, 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 it definitely looks like Wayne Manor might have been burned down. Yeah, burned, that's all I'm burned. noticing is that and, it looked burned. Um, if I I haven't read it in a long time, but in Death in the Family is remind me is there like an explosion or something that happens around the the death of Robin? Um, I, I'm guessing that Joker finds out that he's you know Bruce Wayne is Batman finds Robin burns Wayne Manor to the ground. That's that's my guess. Yeah, I believe what happens in that that book is that uh, he he beats uh, Robin up with the crowbar and everything, and then when Batman gets there to like find him or whatever, he blows up the building that he did it in, like the little shack or whatever he did it in. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, I, I kind of figure that you know if if the Joker got to Robin. He probably also got to – he realized who Batman was yeah. probably. Well, I mean, and, it all goes hand yes, in hand. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Re- Rebecca, what did you think of, of Batman or Batfleck as a word? <laughs> Batfleck. 
Um, you know that Ben Affleck is aware of the Batfleck name, and oh, that really? makes oh, me, I'm sure that makes me so happy that he, <laughs> that he knows that we call him that. Um, I know a lot has been said about Batman and his actions and how he was more brutal and violent in this, but I actually sort of came to where I liked that because it gave him somewhere to go as a character. Mm -hmm. You know, character development is basically like you start one way, you know, at point B and by point uh, point A and by point B, you should be somewhere else. Like you should have grown. And so I think it gave him, like he was saying, it gave him a nice arc in the movie that by the end of the movie, I was astounded that he's inspired by Superman. Mm -hmm. He he sees Superman's, sacrifice as a way to be better and his whole speech at the end where you know he says men are still good and you know we can be better we have to be and i think that he and he's looking at super or clark kent's grave as he says that and so i loved loved that he is inspired by superman to be better and you see that he is better by the end of it because he doesn't brand lex Luthor like he he had to some of the guys at the Uh in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. he you you see that he's changed and i appreciated i know no i know people fussed about it but i thought the movie did a good job of addressing the brutality of mm-hmm. this batman mm-hmm. they called him out on it it wasn't just like oh this was just right. the thing he did you know alfred calls him out on it mm-hmm. um the polaroids that get sent to clark kent at the daily planet they have you know justice question mark on it mm-hmm. um and so it continually gets called out on him that he shouldn't be this way so i i really liked that even though he was more violent in this one mm-hmm. he he grew out of it and he was inspired to you know form the justice league and be a, a better hero and and i would like that real quick and i'll make it i'll make it fast he batman is us we are yeah. batman what we do and we don't we don't like to talk about it but we respond with fear and rage and helplessness, maybe on smaller scales, sometimes on very ugly scales. But this is exactly what we do, and it causes us, we will give in to the fear, and we use it to justify every action that we take, every decision that we make. And I love the moral lessons drawn from that. And so instead of, I have heard a few you know reviewers like beat him up or beat Zack Snyder up like, you know, oh, that's, that's not, not my Batman. Batman. Yeah. That's not my Batman. And I'm like, no, it's us. This is us, and yeah. this is why I can identify with the character so well. Because it's exactly what every single one of us have done it to some degree in our lives. Well, it's it's to a point too, you know. It's it's he's not brutal just because. Oh, it's so cool to show him, you know, burning criminals or something. It's part of, mm-hmm. it, like you guys said, his character arc. And you know, something else that I, I think is interesting, and we'll get into this uh, a little bit when I talk about Superman in this movie too. Mm-hmm. But it just, uh, you know, it, it very much feels like. Like a postmodern take on Batman where, you know, back in the 80s, uh, it, well, back in the 80s, you know, you had like the Dark Knight Returns and everything. Mm-hmm. And he was almost this level of brutality not in mm. some ways, uh, not quite all the time, as bad as Batfleck in some ways. But mm-hmm. that was kind of like a, a dystopian, this is where we could be going in the future sort of story sure. where, where now we're kind of – we're in the future and in a lot of ways – attitudes uh you know mm-hmm. everything from the media landscape to the political landscape uh yeah, you know i don't want to get too political but like in a post 9 11 world and everything mm-hmm. this in a lot of ways is where we are in fact when 
uh, Batfleck is uh, talking to Alfred about why he has to take down the Superman. And he says, you know, if there's just even a little bit of a chance that this guy is against us, we have to take him down, which echoed, you know, what uh, Dick Cheney said uh, back in the day about, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, the terrorist uh, who, who took out the World Trade Center. He was like, if there's a 1% chance that they could do that again, we have to take all of them out, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously has kind of thrown the political climate in the world yeah. into a bit of upheaval. And, uh, so, <laughs> a bit, a bit. So, and yeah, I don't want to get too political about it, but it, it kind of reminded me of that and uh, kind of brought that to mind for me, Good which point. I thought was interesting. Very. But, uh, Okay, Emery, what did you think of Batfleck? All right, so for the fluffy review. Um, <laughs> I love Batfleck. I'm sorry. Yeah. From the second they announced that he was being Batman, I'm like, you know what? That kind of works for me because he has the look. Like he has that that square jaw and he's all like, well, exceptionally big and bulky at this point in time. Like yeah. he's dark. He's br- like he can do the funny and the social, but he can also do the I'm going to sneak up behind you and you're never going to know I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. hiding in a corner. Um, I don't know. He just he looks like Batman to me. So it wasn't really a hard stretch for me to have to. I don't know. I don't. There's like seven bazillion Batman movies and cartoons and everything. Like mm-hmm. this worked for me. Like I don't know. It, 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 I liked. Well, I, his, I, remember, I liked him. I remember you liking <laughs> liking the Dark Knight too. So I, I you're did. definitely well. That's you because definitely I, lo- I, I love love the Heath Ledger. So that <laughs> like that already won. So that was that was that. But like this is the person who got me into this movie. Mm-hmm. So like there's always one actor in such an important role that's going to make either make it or break it for you. And that you know. I'd have liked more Batman because mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't his it, – it was his story but not his story. Yeah. So – Yeah, he, he definitely had more. an arc. But he, yeah, I, I agree too. I, I feel like it was more Superman's story than yeah. Batman's in a lot of ways. Superman and, already know, had one. That's a really good uh, transition point. Why don't, we st- why don't we start talking about Superman I'll a little straight. bit? Uh, Rebecca, what did you think about Superman in this movie? Well, one of the things I love about Superman and especially Clark Kent and what I think they've been doing with these movies is showing how humble he is, especially Clark Kent coming from, you know, Kansas and, you know, being raised by farmers and things like that. And I really loved getting to see more of that from him. You know, he's a super powered being, but he also, you know, there's this big theme of God versus man and everybody puts Superman up there at this God level. But really, I think he just sees himself as a man. And I loved the little bit. It's a very small part of the scene. But when he goes to the Senate hearing, and first of all, I love that he chooses for himself to go to the Senate hearing. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells him to do it, but he thinks it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I love the little bit in that scene when he, he walks in there and he opens that little gate, that little door, and he walks through it. And I thought, well, that's so interesting for Superman because he could just fly over it. He doesn't have to open that door. He could just hover over it. And I thought that was a way to show that he's not just this Superman. He is a man. And I love seeing those little things. Like even when um, that surprise scene with Jonathan Kent that I was like, oh, surprise cameo that I didn't even know about. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's walking in the Arctic, he's just wearing normal clothes. He's not wearing his Superman sh- suit. He's he's walking up there he's not using his powers he's not flying he's just a guy and he's just a guy in that scene who misses his dad and even the stuff with his relationship with lois he's just a guy who loves a girl and i i just love that and even with the funeral stuff at the end you see that the two funerals are so different you know you have that small funeral at the kent farm with the the closest of people that are close to him. You know, you see his dog lying on the the floor and it's just very simple. You know, there's 
Um, not much going on at that funeral, where it is, whereas the funeral for Superman is this big grand ceremony. And so I think for Superman in this movie, I just really loved seeing that he was a humble superhero who was just trying to do the right thing. Very nice. Very, very yes, well very said. Well, very well said. Uh, Anne-Marie, what did you think of Superman? <laughs> to contrast Rebecca's eloquent, <laughs> positive opinion about the Man of Steel. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't like Superman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. We, we only judge you for it a little bit. <laughs> you, you both judge me significantly. Oh, uh, no, great. I just... It annoys the crap out of me that every time there is even the slightest hint that Lois has a hangnail, he has to go rescue her no matter what he's doing. Like, Mm. it just feels like she's a pretty – she's quite strong. She is quite good at saving herself, but she's also quite good at getting herself into said situations. Mm. That's what Lois Lane does. Right. (laughs) I get that. But she has hmm. (laughs) – We'll be talking about Lois in a bit, I think. I know. I know. But she puts herself in those situations – knowing he's going to come save her. I know that's not why she's doing it. I know it doesn't probably motivate her, but hey, you know, you know, time has shown us that if you put yourself in a situation where somebody's got a gun, knife, bazooka at your face, Superman will show up and save you. Mm. Like, <laughs> well, there are actually some pretty good comic book stories that deal with that issue. Oh, and, uh, you know, there have been some pretty good arcs with her character where she, she realizes, wait a second, maybe – Maybe I am making more dangerous choices than I should because I'm, I've become so dependent on right. you and stuff like well, that. Well, there's that. And, like, they're literally in the middle of fighting Doomsday. Mm-hmm. I hear Lois yelling. And off he goes. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the, the – uh, hmm. Wonder Woman had it covered. Exactly, <laughs> though. It wasn't the Wonder Woman movie coming next year. This was Batman v Superman where they were the ones supposed, like I, – I don't know. That, that really bothered Well, and both times, like like Bill said, I wonder if they'll play that up in the Justice League movie when there's the world without Superman. Does Lois change the way she operates Mm -hmm. because he's (laughs) not around? Yeah, nobody else can hear you in trouble across the world, honey. I'm sorry. (laughs) No one's listening. No, no, exactly. No one's listening. Not to mention the fact, (laughs) and we'll probably be talking about this a little bit later, but in in the warning that Flash gives Batman in this movie, Mm -hmm. uh, he says, you know, Lois is the key in in the future. The nightmare sequence future implies that Lois has... Has died, so maybe that comes back to bite her. Maybe Lex yeah. Luthor t- pushes her off a skyscraper, and Superman's not there to catch her at some point. You know, maybe so, it does happen. Maybe there maybe. you go. Uh, over in the chat room, uh, Tensor Guy says uh, Lois is a vehicle for trouble. Yeah. Uh, definitely, and I think a lot of times by her own design, because yeah. uh, you know, trouble's the first uh, step to a solution for her in a lot of ways. Uh, and Bobby says, I think Henry Cavill makes a great Clark and Superman. The differences he gives to each side of uh, Clark are very subtle. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And, and yeah, I could, I could totally buy uh, at least some characters in the film not seeing the the connection. Like, uh, I, I could see – well, I, I kind of thought Perry knew. I, yeah. I kind of got the impression that Perry White knew Perry that Clark was know? Superman. How does he not? But uh, I could see other people not. I, I've always had the issue. How do you not? <laughs> I don't understand. Even though I know Henry Cavill stood in the middle of Times Square and nobody knew. Oh, America. <laughs> okay, uh, Holy Bat Pastor, what did you think of Soups? 
in this um, film. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Superman fan. I mean, obviously, I'm over the top for Batman, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I dislike Superman. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, there I, I, in the notes, I re- to remind myself, I remembered that as I was watching it every time. Um, I don't I don't buy kind of the rhetoric that, you know, he is a god. I think that's what everyone wants to say about him by everyone. I'm not talking about in the real world. I'm talking about in the world, this world that that Zack Snyder has created. But I think that kind of the curveball that that Snyder and company are trying to throw us is that look closely. No, he's not. He is whatever they call that on on the planet of Krypton. He is very much like we are. It's just that here the the rays of the sun and you know the i think it has something to do with the gravity perhaps you know bill you're the the superman expert here but <laughs> um you know it's just the circumstances that have given him endowed him with these superpowers uh so really he's no less human or nor more no more human than all of us are and so i love that we see his humanity if that's what you want to call it um the um his relatability in this i i've heard a few comment negative comments you know out on you know youtubers and on the internet you the know, internet is a scary scary place <laughs> yes it's yes, a very, it's very scary place. I, I, I think earlier i said to to rebecca i said are we watching the same movie i mean that's <laughs> yeah at the is... end of the day i sometimes have to wonder but he um his relatability he is not i've heard him uh, described as emo Superman? No, I don't think so. I mean, let's face it, as we've watched women evolve in our culture, also men are evolving. And um, and men are learning that, you know what, we can be masculine. We can be very masculine and we can be in touch with our feelings and we can we can have a sensitive side. We can love. And we see a, a very manly man who, I, and, and I want to speak to the Lois Lane issue from his vantage point, and I'm not defending or, or or arguing against. I'm just saying as a man, there is something. I have this romantic thing in me. And I have to admit, when I see Superman go, you know, like, what? I hear, yeah, I hear Lois. I have to admit there is something that gets to me because I think in the heart of every man, he wants to have that one special female in his life that he will do whatever it takes. You know, he might not be able to rescue her every time. But damn it, he's going to try, you know, he's, <laughs> he's going to put himself out there. And I have to admit, that kind of got to me mm-hmm. that he would be like, the world is caving in around me. And all of a sudden, I what? Hello? I hear her. And he has to run to her. But so then I, I there do will kinda, be no world for them to live in. Well, you know, the I mean, world that's, crumble. again, that's, Wonder Woman had it covered. I, <laughs> we <already addressed laughs> but they didn't know that. The woman had it covered. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But, the woman had it covered. <laughs> yes, of course. So, so, yeah, again, we get back to the superiority of females and I'm all for that. Yes, I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. But yes, I, I love his relatability. And I found myself going, wow, I can connect with this Superman. I'm loving it. And I love that we saw his his heart breaking because, again, now Superman is us, very similar to Batman is us. We are Superman. How can we not relate to I am doing everything I'm doing to the best of my ability, everything I can, and it's being misunderstood. It's been, I'm having it thrown back in my face. And, and so, yes, I have to admit I really like uh, Cavill's portrayal of the character. Yeah, I, I, I will say, too, uh, I, as far as the Lois issue, I, the thing is, is – I've I've always loved their love story. Uh, and, and I am aware it, it got really <laughs> it got hit really hard on Lois and Clark. Uh, I am aware, but you know the, the fact that the fact that they see themselves as equals, and and I think you know 
as much as you say Lois is a damsel in distress or I whatever. I did not state that, but. You did. You did. I'm quoting you. You said Lois is a damsel in distress. <laughs> distress. Uh, distress. Uh, but, but no, as much as there's that aspect to it, the thing is, if, you know, it was Bizarro Day. not Well, not Bizarro Day. Yeah, but, I was like, do you really want to go there? Opposite Day and Superman had no powers and Lois had powers and Clark got stuck under a piece of concrete like that. You can bet Lois would drop anything she was doing to go get him to. It's just like it, it's a mutual admiration for, yeah. by the both of them. I, I, I will say over in the chat room, I just wanted to say hi to uh, Derek from Gotham TV Podcast. I like our, that you point at me as if I'm Derek. All right. <laughs> the, the other Gotham podcast that we're going steady with. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's it going, Derek? Uh, nice uh-huh. to see you there. Okay. I'm going to talk about Superman for a second. Sorry. All right. I'm going to take a nap. Okay. You guys can refill your drinks. No, I just have a quick thing to say. and It's very similar to what's already been said. Uh, but I, I feel like this version of Superman, a lot of people have been saying he's, he's you know, like uh, this dark, dour kind of, you know, like uh, Holy Batpass were saying emo Superman. No, I think he's the traditional Superman, the Superman that we know, the one that's all about hope, the the guy, the guy, George Reeve, Christopher Reeves, uh, you know, all those versions of the character. I think this is the same version of the character, but he's just been dropped into a world yeah. that has, has become so dark that it mm-hmm. can't accept him for what he is. Okay, I'll buy that. Like, you, you know, uh, you were saying the thing about the godhood. Like, a, a lot of people in this world are projecting that onto him because that's what they would do if they had the power. And they, they can't accept the fact that there's someone out there that exists who would do what Superman's doing. And, and you know, I, I think that's really interesting. And uh, I, I think, you know, if he seems a little dark or dour or sad, I think he's just disappointed that, the world isn't accepting him for who he is and his mission and what he's trying mm-hmm. to do and what that farmer in Kansas wanted him to do. Uh, you know, much like Batman, he's trying for something better. But it, like I said, the world just keeps disappointing him. Mm-hmm. I, I love that at the end of the movie, he realizes I, he, he says to Lois, you know, uh, this is my world. You were my world uh, right before he goes off for his big sacrifice. And I love that he, he realizes that, uh, you know, the world isn't his to control or his to shape, but it's his to simply be a part of. And he needs to do anything he can to try to save it. And that's how he's going to get people on his side. Like making the sacrifice is how he's going to win people over and make the world yes. a better place. It's not like Lex Luthor would do uh, because he thinks, you know, power can't be innocent. Uh, You know, it's not, you know, lording over these people and trying to make them force them to see that he's good. It's, it's living by example and uh, being a good person. Uh, So I, I liked it. I liked his character in the movie. You haven't stopped squealing in a week. I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. neither. I'm sure. (laughs) Tensor guy in the chat room says, Bill, is this the movie, The Redemption of Emo Superman? Does he come out of this as a figure of hope for all mankind? I kind of think that's where they're going with it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because, you know, he he makes the big heroic sacrifice. The world in death finally accepts him for what he was. Mm -hmm. So I think when he comes back from whatever he's dealing with, uh, you know, in that, in that uh, casket or whatever, you know, I, I think he, I think he's going to be changed. And I think the world around him is going to be changed too. Uh, uh, Not because of, you know, the example of his sacrifice and obviously Batman's going to be working on uh, getting, getting some other guys together to the, to maybe, make him not quite as unique. So maybe even, even if there are people who hate the idea of superheroes, it's not all focused on Superman at that right. point. You know, so. Excellent. Okay. Let's see. What are we going to talk about next? 
Lex Luthor. Squee! What did you guys think about Lex Luthor? Squee! I, well, I, oh, yeah, I should, I should probably call on somebody, huh? Yeah, probably. Otherwise, I'm just going <laughs> to well, sit here and keep Amber, going, Squee! you keep saying squee, so why don't squee, you go? Yeah. I love all of the Lex Luthor and I want more. <laughs> I want more. How did you become a crazy man, please? Like, I, yeah. I loved it. Like, I know some people are like, that was so ridiculously over the top, blah, 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 blah. Shut up and enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, you were all mad that everything was dark and cranky and you couldn't see anything. The man with the crazy red hair, you could see everything he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he was just insane. And mm-hmm. what do you expect from a superhero villain? Like, mm-hmm. they can't all be doomsday and dark and, like, have spikes and things. No. Mm-hmm. Some villains are literal humans <laughs> and they're the scariest of all i will say over in the chat room kent <laughs> is saying that i uh, wasn't a fan of eisenberg's lex luther uh, too much insane too little ruthless genius what he graded on me every scene he was in i see i disagree i completely disagree like i thought i thought he had the genius thing laid down pretty pat and another common yeah. complaint which bobby raises in the chat room is that luther felt more like riddler or joker but it, I, I didn't see that. Like, I, I didn't... Because the Joker's a bit more demented. The Riddler's a bit more uh, calm and... Uh, collected. C- collected. And, yeah. He has a plan. Uh, Lux didn't seem to totally mm-hmm. have... He had a plan. Yeah. But then it Maybe, just maybe they went. get confused because the Riddler from Batman Forever had red hair and eyes. Are... I think that's what it is. <laughs> you know, that's I've the only that thing yes. I can think of because they're not even the same characters. Right. Yeah. Nothing alike. Like, and another thing that I enjoyed about it was that... He has so much going on in his head and he's all of that, mm-hmm. especially when he the, – the big party and, you know, mm-hmm. introducing Clark and Bruce. And he, the man can't even finish the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, please just drink. Just drink. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Just, just well, drink. That, that, was like, that was one of my points was that like during Sorry. that speech he has, yeah. he, he like – he starts off trying to give this big speech about like this big metaphor with Prometheus and the lightning and everything. And, they and he realized that no one is on his mental level at all. So he starts getting distracted and he starts stumbling and yep. forgetting what he's talking about because he's, he's there. He wants to talk up here and he realizes the mm-hmm. rest of the world is down here. So he just gives up and doesn't bother. Which is pretty much what most people with extremely high intelligences <laughs> run into is they're yeah. like, Talk, 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 talk. N- nope, nobody. Okay, we'll just go down here. <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Okay, there you go. So I don't know. I thoroughly enjoy every aspect of that. Uh, Rebecca, what did you think of uh, Lexi Poo? Well, I mean, I loved everything that y'all are talking about. I love that he has this like <laughs> slow descent into madness and everything he does, like, the evil gets bigger every time. You know, mm-hmm. he starts off, you know, fumbling his speech at the party. Then he forces that guy to eat the cherry Jolly Rancher, which always gets a laugh <laughs> oh, at the theater. Oh, um, and it's just creepy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he he, learned, he gets all that intelligence from the Kryptonian scout ship. He's manipulating stuff with the Senate bombing. I mean, come on. He even, like, sacrificed mercy. He was like, I don't care. He has no feelings for anybody. Nope. And then, of course, at the end, he creates Doomsday when the fight between Superman and Batman doesn't go his way. So I love that everything, you know, it just kind of escalated into this crazy man. And I think one of the scenes that sticks out to me in this movie is the scene between Superman and Lex Luthor, because that is to me, iconic Superman and Lex Luthor. Oh yeah. When, when Superman shoots up, I love that shot when he shoots up out of, uh, you know, from the ground and Mm. kind of hovers over Lex. That to me is like an iconic shot. Mm-hmm. Because that's that shows that Superman is the powerful 
over Lex in that shot. And, mm-hmm. and over time, you know, Superman kind of hovers down to where mm-hmm. Lex is. And then eventually at the end He's of that standing. scene, Superman is kneeling to, to Lex. Lex mm-hmm. gets him to bow before him. And so then Lex has the power and that, ah, oh, that whole scene is just mm-hmm. so yeah. awesome. It's one of my, my favorite things. My arms were pumping the, the entire time. That entire <laughs> scene, basically. Mm-hmm. One of the awesome. best things ever. Yes. yes. Okay, uh, Holy Bat Pastor, what did you think of Lex? Yes. Um, I would second that squee from Anne-Marie. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and Bill, I have to admit, now you you threw me a curve with your uh, your take on the speech. At the at the affair. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yes, that would be an excellent uh, explanation for what's going on that he ultimately because he even says, you know, uh, philanthropist from the Greek mm-hmm. words, you know, lover of mankind or yeah. whatever he says. <laughs> you know, He is way up here. He is constantly that mind is working. But then at the end of the day, he realizes, no, these pitiful people are beneath <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. And he is a grade A sociopath. Oh, yeah. he mm-hmm. really is. He cannot feel anything. And, and like to your point about with Mercy, Mercy Graves, I mean, he leaves her in the room <laughs> before the explosive device goes off, um, feels nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's been often said about sociopaths that sometimes you never know what's on the inside of them. But pivotal points in their childhood can prove to be the triggers mm-hmm. and he had that set them off. And he did. Yeah. If you were listening carefully, negative reviewers, well, I didn't give her my backstory. You know, listen, <laughs> watch the movie. Yes, he had some key things happen to him in his life that you can tell kind of uh, warped him into the being that he is currently. But um, I'm going to say this. I'm, if I say too much more, it's going to just be redundant with the already excellent points that y'all have made. So I'm going to take a different tack. Okay. When I hear people complain about his performance, this is funny to me because I this the sarcastic part of my personality will come to the surface and I'll say, oh, yeah, yeah. Like so like we all have seen the iconic representation in Gene Hackman and <laughs> the guy in Lois and Clark. And you know, what I'm saying is that all of those fine jobs, but we have not yet. And, and you Superman fans can correct me. I don't remember uh, that we've had an iconic Lex Luthor yet. And I think this could be our first big over the top uh, where someone finds it kind of hard to fill in his shoes in the same way that, you know, when Jack Nicholson became the Joker, what did everyone say? Ah, no one will ever be able to top Jack Nicholson. Then Ledger comes along. <laughs> and then what does everyone say? You know, oh, no one will be able to top Ledger. We've had some iconic moments. I think in retrospect, we're going to look back and people are going to say, wow. That Lex Luthor, yes, off the mm-hmm. chain. He was something special. And that, is, again, is not to, to criticize or take anything away from anyone who has portrayed his character. And, Bill, I'm going to say something that I, I – if you want to piggyback, please do because <laughs> you have so much more to offer on this topic <laughs> than I do. Um, I'm one of these, like, late-to-the-party kind of guys. Mm-hmm. I read comics in the 70s. I, I was all over Batman and Superman. I tried other, whether it be Marvel, other DC characters, and I – the DC characters I could always relate to, the Marvel ones, it was always just hard for me. You're like, I, I didn't get it, you know? Yeah. So, and that has stayed with me as an adult. So when I kind of got reintroduced, my Batman fandom started to take off. I wanted to dabble a little bit and kind of see where everyone was. So I was catching up on, you know, some of Superman the Animated Series and then some of the Justice League direct-to-video releases. And I became familiar with what I call... Businessman, anti Bruce Wayne, um, 
you know, I'm running for president in every in everything that I'm featured in. This was weird to me. Okay, I mean, I did not know this Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And I think people have forgotten, especially maybe some younger ones. Yeah, that's that's a newer thing, you know, mm-hmm. like so I, I had to play catch up, by the way, I was a very good sport about it and said, <laughs> OK, well, this is where the character is. So let me kind of kind of get a feel for this this version of the character where he's always seems to be rippling with muscles. You know, I mean, I was like, <laughs> who is this guy? Um, so I had to adapt to this. This Lex reminds me of the Lex I grew up with. Mm-hmm. This was like, wow. There, he's like a combination of like the the madman, maybe evil scientist. He's he's the sociopath. I'm loving this, and so um, I think it is important for people to remember that uh, this is not a denial. Uh, uh, of the character of Lex Luthor, you yeah, know, this it, is actually. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, if anything, it's more like it's more like the character has been for the majority of his existence okay. uh, than than just about any other adaptation I, I've seen, especially uh, you know the modern ones, because you know you have that businessman Lex Luthor wow. uh, that, that is just, who was basically modeled actually off a of off of Donald Trump. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and we will let I- that go. I- ironic that Donald Trump is running for president. <laughs> we will <now>. let that go. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, which is a very interesting inter- interpretation, and they've done a lot with it over the years. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel, in a lot of ways, that they've bled it dry. And I, I hope if this movie does nothing else for the comics, I hope it brings back this version of the character because this version of the character reminds me very much of what Elliot S. Magan did back in the seventies with the character, not just in the comics. But in his, more particularly in his his prose novel, uh, The Last Son of Krypton, which was released as sort of like a promotional thing for Superman the movie, mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. just told a in DC universe long form Superman tale that was really about the relationship between Superman and Lex Luthor. Highly, highly recommend you check it out. But I, I, I think uh, all you need to say, and I remember there being some stuff about this. In that book, in in I when I saw it in the movie, I was like, "Wow, they they really needed to give Elliot S. Magan uh, credit in this movie, and they mm-hmm. didn't." Uh, but uh, it, it, all you need to know about this Lex Luthor is, is his clothing, is his costume. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, particularly what I'm t-shirt. thinking of uh, the the one shot from behind as he walks under the yes. Kryptonian shit yes. just says it all. His pants are baggy. His mm-hmm. suit is ill-fitting. It just kind of hangs off him and bounces around. He feels he has to put on the trappings of a modern businessman. But he doesn't know how. To accomplish his goals. But he doesn't care that much about them. He, he's doing what he has to do. But he, do, he doesn't understand why he's doing it or why, why it is done. He doesn't understand why people wear suits. He just understands that he has to wear one to fit in. <laughs> well, and that's also, again, with that higher level of thinking. They get mm-hmm. this type of stuff. But not that normal, quote unquote, normal mm-hmm. stuff and like how society functions mm-hmm. regularly. He's like, I am like six million light years ahead of you on things mm-hmm. and I'm just going to go create a being, which mm-hmm. is still pretty beyond me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he just like walked into and did all that. But yeah, he just he can't think that way. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Over in the chat room, let's see they here. They disagree uh, with us. Well, they're talking about they they like a Rosenbaum from Smallville. They do. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Scott uh, James Wells in Superboy, uh, the Superboy TV series. That was a good Luther too. Uh, 
And uh, Jimbo says, yes, just like Batman and Superman have muscles, Lex was flexing his intellectual muscle. True that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah. Well played. Well played. Thanks, well played, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I'm going to take a nap. Uh, Rebecca, why don't you talk about Lois <laughs> Lane? Grief. I didn't, I just, I'm just now getting, like, that's like two pages. I have so many pages of notes about how, like, uh, I could I could write a love letter to Lois Lane mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, but you want to go grab something to eat? Yeah. I was about to say, you got 25 just minutes. Just give me the mic. Um, y'all can come back in like an hour. I'll be, may, I might be finished in an hour. Um, but I think what amused me and delighted me about this movie is that the flash time travels breaks the time time space continu- continuum or uses a mother box we're not really sure but he breaks through into the bad cave and he shouts about how important lois lane is mm-hmm. and that made me so happy because lois lane i mean batman is one of my loves but lois lane is my favorite comic book character bar none Hands mm. down. And they, Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio made her the most important person in the DCEU. And I am so ecstatic about it. And I think, you know, that you could debate kind of why she's going to be important. I kind of think that she is what if Superman does go bad, like say if he resurrects and Darkseid takes control of his mind or something, mm-hmm. she's going to be the key to bringing him back. She's going to be the key to making him good again. Um, because you see through all throughout Batman v Superman that she's the one. She's the one that um, outside of the the hotel balcony, she's the one kind of re- reminding him that, you know, people see you as a beacon of hope. People um, see you as this dream. But, you know, you can you can be better. You know, the world can be better. You know, she's always reminding him of the symbol that he can be. And mm. um, and she also, in addition to you know, loving the superhero, she loves the man. And I, I, I could go on and on about that. But um, as far as her characterization, I loved that she was shown as a journalist. I love the scene in Africa because she's out there ap- approaching terrorists. Uh, hold on, getting... let me pour one out for Jimmy Olsen. Uh, R.I.P. Jimmy, R.I.P. <laughs> um, which is really interesting because the whole Flash thing and Lois Lane dying, a lot of people are talking about Injustice Gods Among Us. Mm-hmm. And in that comic book, Jimmy Olsen also dies. Mm. So I think it's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, I, I, but... I will say just real quick before we leave Jimmy Olsen, I, I love that he was a spy just like his dad. But I, that's all I'll say about it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, and I also love that he sort of sticks up for Lois a little bit mm-hmm. and that she tries to you know stop him from being killed. So I kind of like that they, even, even that shot of their, their knees hitting the ground at the same time, <laughs> love it, love it. Um, but I was really pleased as a Lois fan to see that she in this movie, because Lois Lane, if you take her down to her, her, you know, essential elements is that she is about the truth. And you see that all throughout the movie, her investigation into LexCorp, um, you know, her meetings with Swanwick and all that kind of stuff. She is, you know, Swanwick thinks that she's trying to reclaim Superman's halo and maybe even her own. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I like that she's she's going after the truth. And I will say in Lois Lane's defense, because all those people who are talking about her being a damsel in distress, <laughs> she is the one who took down the villain that Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman couldn't take down. I believe she is the reason that Lex Luthor is in prison by the end of that movie, because she's the one who has all the information on him, all the the all the dirt on him. And she tells him that to his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she tells uh, that to Lex's face. And that's another thing I also loved is that we got to see classic Lex versus Lois, which I love. Um, and I will say one, one more thing, I promise, really quickly, um, that the death of Superman is one of my favorite comic book stories of all time. It's the, it's the story that kind of really hardcore got me into comics about 11 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a, a moment in that story that is one of my favorite panels of all time. It's basically after Superman dies and Lois is grieving and Cat Grant kind of grabs her by the shoulders and is shaking her. And she's like, we're reporters. We should we should be reporting this. And it sort of snaps her out of her grief a little bit. And she kind of goes back to being that reporter who's telling the story of the death of Superman. And mm-hmm. you can't you know, you have to look for it. But. The newspaper that Perry picks up out of the um, the, the line of mm-hmm. newspapers coming out, the, mm-hmm. the story about Superman's death is written by Lois Lane. And I thought that was such a nice oh, homage nice. to that little panel that I love so much that nobody ever talks about, but I'm in love with it because it shows that, that Lois picks herself back up. You know, mm-hmm. she has this horrible thing that happens to her in the comic, which I especially loved about this movie is that in the comic, Lois and Clark are engaged. And that's the tragedy of the death of Superman is that they have the ha- they're so close to happiness and he dies. Mm-hmm. And so um, I love that Lois picks herself back up after something bad happens. And we see that in the movie. We see that she gets engaged and she wears the ring. And I love that so much. Um, so I, I just could keep going on. And on about Lois Lane, but I just I'd love Amy Adams in this role. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm back for, from getting my, my, my drink. <laughs> uh, just for the record, no. that was the first point on. on- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I didn't. I didn't even get to everything. But you know, you, you know what I think. Uh, you know, I think you said it eloquently, beautifully. I think you said everything that I haven't he- heard about it. Mm-hmm. Amory has some thoughts. No, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree that with all really a lot of that mm-hmm. to be on it like the always the reportery stuff and yes she is very strong but she you know she has Superman typically to come and save her like there, mm-hmm. there's good and bad that's part of a good character um I don't even know what I was gonna say now see you threw well, me off what, I well, figured see, you just weren't gonna let me say anything well, you know what no, I was no, saying, your, your opinion is bad. not you him I was giving you a chance <laughs> because Rebecca was touching on some death of Superman stuff um, and I figured it would be a good time to go ahead and touch on that just because that was one completely surprised me because I didn't yes. think – even though I knew Doomsday was in the film, I didn't think they were actually going to go there. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, there were a couple things in it that I, I just loved that I thought corrected some – well, I mean not really corrected because they worked really well in the original story. But kind of uh, – they, they were joyful to me to see them in the movie because of, I knew of the original story. First of all, I'm really glad that uh, – Ma Kent finally got to bury her son because in the original story, they have to sit there. The the Kents have to sit there on their couch in Smallville and watch on television as their son gets buried in Metropolis, uh, which I always felt so bad for them. Like uh, so, so that was something that was really cool. And I I, I don't know. I just thought I th- I thought it was really well done. Like uh, it, it just uh, Re- Rebecca, what did you you think about how they did the death of Superman? Oh, I mean, all the iconic imagery was there. I mean, the the one of the shots I love about this movie and like the whole movie is just shot so well. But the mm-hmm. shot that sticks out in my mind with the death of Superman is that iconic image of the dead Superman in Lois's arms in her lap mm-hmm. and Batman and Wonder Woman on either side of them. And to me personally, I take a lot of Christian imagery uh, away from that. You know, you, mm-hmm. you see it's sort of reenacting the the Pieta and mm-hmm. um, you, you have the Trinity there. Mm-hmm. And then if you look to the left of the screen, there are two crosses there. And so um, you have the two crosses plus the, the Jesus figure. Um, and so you sort of have the crucifixion. Wow. Um, but uh, the imagery is really great there. You sort of have that uh, comic imagery of, you know, dead Superman with Lois. Um, and then there, the casket with the silver um, S on it. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. A plus. 
Um, so all of that was really great. And I think an, another, uh, well, this isn't going back to the comics, but there's this shot of Lois looking up at the planets when she's in, you know, Clark Kent's, you know, hometown that, yeah. yeah, room. And um, I really love that shot because I, I wonder if she's thinking about, you know, where he comes from and all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I thought they did a really good job of uh, putting the the Kent farm funeral uh, next to the big uh you know, I guess it's DC that has this funeral, I, I'm assuming, um, mm-hmm. with the processions and everything. That's very much the comic book thing, except the, the Justice League is not part of that procession. Yeah. But there were members of the Justice League at his um, oh, his funeral, yeah. at his uh, ceremony. So mm-hmm. I, I really, really um, thought they captured the death of Superman. And they, it had a lot of weight to it, which which I was glad to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Amber. I was going to say, um, in the chat room, Bobby said it feels like the death of Superman stuff was sort of crammed in. And I kind of, in a little bit, kind of agree with him. Like, it felt like that last, not like the funeral parts, not that, mm-hmm. like, the actual death and dying part. Yeah. Um, For being such a huge, huge thing mm-hmm. seemed, it was like, done. Well, it, it was like. <laughs> it felt a little, like, for being, I don't know, it, just, it did feel a little bit quick. Y- you know, especially compared to the original story uh-huh. i i would say i wouldn't say the death of superman in the in the kind of like aftermath the funeral and everything really felt crammed in but the fight with doomsday definitely it was a lot more truncated than it was in the comics cuz like yeah. a, a lot of the reason people were a little upset when they saw doomsday was going to be in this is like you can't do a doomsday fight without doing it justice and that's going to take like the whole movie is going to have to be Doomsday based on the proportions it was in the original comic book. Because the original comic book, I think it was, what was it, eight issues, ten issues, something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, of just him fighting Doomsday over the course of yeah. a day across the country. Mm. And uh, so so a lot more intensive in, in a lot of ways. I mean, he had kind of like a, the, the DNC-list uh, Justice League <laughs> uh, helping him out. But <laughs> yes, for yes. the most part, the fight was was all on his own. So, I mean, I, I, could, I could definitely see that complaint. At the same time... The actual moment of death and the stuff that went on between him and Lois beforehand, it, to me, it didn't feel crammed in. It felt Maybe equivalent not. to what it was in the comics. Okay, but I don't have that frame of reference. Yeah, exactly. So I probably could have used another two minutes at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just <laughs> did it take you by surprise when it happened? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I didn't figure we were going there, but yeah. I did know. I mean, I have enough knowledge from being around you and these two lovely people <laughs> um, to know that Doomsday is not so good for the Superman. Um, <laughs> I know bad things happen, um, but I still didn't think they'd actually go there. Pull the trigger. Mostly because we have a Justice League movie in a, in a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy Bad Pastor, what did you think about uh, the death of Superman in this? Yeah, it, it's hard to follow everything that you all have said because this is an area I am just not familiar with. And so Preach uh, what I can't <laughs> – so I can't give a perspective like, you know, just a, an average guy. Um, what was my take? I didn't see it coming. Um, I'm so glad. I don't know if anyone even had a hint uh, that this was going to happen, but I had not even heard the suggestion that it could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it worked for me. I liked that it came so close to the end when you have this feeling like we're about over this thing. We're about ready to pack it up and go home. Excuse me? You know, it's just that, what? Check, please. Oh, he went, yeah, he wasn't supposed to. Is he dead? You know, I had that reaction. (laughs) Like, no, no oh, seriously, because it feels like it's about over. We're not killing him. So it really threw me for a loop. And I was very glad that I wasn't familiar with the comics history. And um, now, like Rebecca and Bill, this is a compliment to both of you. You both have always struck me as people who have this vast knowledge about, you know, specific areas of 
of comic book mythology, but you've never let it um, taint your expectations for when you're watching something. Like you're always very open and flexible, like, hey, that we could see a little different spin or they may pull mm-hmm. from it. And this this was frankly where I was so glad I didn't have a familiarity because sometimes I hear people who are very, very familiar, they become so rigid in their thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. if it deviates one bit, we can't have that. And that, that seems so unfortunate because for me, not having the familiarity, it really worked. It was like, wow, whoa. And the um, and the uh, the funeral scenes I thought were very poignant. And just the way, I, and that maybe we're getting off topic here because we're talking about the death itself, but just the fact that they l- use that as kind of the means to close the film. And I thought it ended, and for the record, like I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm not into Star Wars like I am Batman, but I love Star Wars. <laughs> and, and, and I know that, you know, not everyone does, but like at the end of The Force Awakens, I remember the close and I was like, um, what, what just happened? You know, it kind of like, it, it felt kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, where this, I'm watching it and I went, bam, that's how you end a movie. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was very well done. The, the, mm. the, uh, the scene, the visuals that were right there, the simplicity and how it, it ended. So I, mm-hmm. I did appreciate what they did with the death of Superman, looking very forward to what happens, because I think that gives them somewhere exciting to go in the future installments. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that last shot where you see the, the dirt on the coffin and oh, then yeah. it kind of oh. rises up a little. That was like, I was like, Snyder just pulled an inception right there. <laughs> it, it, I, that's one. That's now one of my new favorite last I, shots. I love how short it is, too, because it's like half oh, yes. a second. Like, it's yes. just like, you, you just, to, you is something moving? It. Oh, wait, and then it's done. Like, yeah, right. if you blink, you miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, just to go back uh, to what you were saying real quick, like, I, I think in, uh, Rebecca, you may or may not agree, but I, I, I think the thing is, is I look at a lot of this stuff, it, as as its own thing like i i mean its own thing based on the same source material it's like you know you can go see david tennant play hamlet and patrick stewart play hamlet i will see anyone play hamlet and you can see (laughs) rosencrantz and gildenstern and you can appreciate all of them in different ways because you love the source material or you know you love the story underneath of it and i think that's kind of how i approach a lot of these comic book adaptations i'm like okay they're taking all these elements or even this storyline that I know and love and they're doing a certain thing with it. So I need to understand what that thing is and then mm-hmm. analyze it based on what they're trying to do with it. You know? Yeah. And I think there are some doomsday stories that where he doesn't kill Superman. Like okay. he's he's been a villain numerous times. He's come yeah. back. But his most famous story is that he kills Superman. So I was like, well, doomsday, he, I mean, doesn't, he doesn't have to kill Superman. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why it shocked me. In the movie, is that I, I was like, well, I mean, they could just—I don't know what they could do to him without mm-hmm. killing him. But um, I was like, well, Superman doesn't have to die in this movie, mm-hmm. so uh, I think that's kind of how I saw it. I, I, I will say though that I, I do prefer the uh, the comic book origin for Doomsday over the one they went with in the movie, where he's yeah. he's like a Zod's body mixed with Lex's blood and all that. Yeah, the comic book one is really interesting. Go look it up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to say you're not going there. No, because uh, they almost—it's almost time for them to leave. <gasps> we only have ten more minutes, and we haven't talked about Wonder Woman in the movie. We need to talk about which everyone is talking about. Wonder Woman. I hate it, so I'm going to abstain for now <laughs> uh, but you guys talk about wonder woman i actually emory why don't you start with your reactions to wonder woman okay so i'm just excited that we have a wonder woman this makes me happy also the fact that she handled the fight um we have one standing over here waiting to shoot his space special um kryptonite gas the other one rescuing his girlfriend well while getting the stabby thing <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, you know, it was two things, but she's like got this 
lasso and just like, guys, guys, I mean, I don't mind killing him, but this is sort of your thing. Like, she just sort of was there. She was there to help. Um, but, like, I I wanted to join in with the people cheering in the theater. It made me giggle a little because I know how much he hates it, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is part of why I resisted. Um, to, to be clear – I just want to say I don't hate female superheroes. I hate female antiheroes. I think Wonder Woman is one, and that's all I'm going to say on the top. Okay, you don't like that she's a fighter. I am a fighter, I, so I, I can relate. I, I don't. I don't mind that she's a fighter. I mean, any superhero is a fighter, but goes out looking for it. I don't mind that she enjoys fighting, or I mind that she enjoys fighting, and she enjoy she enjoys being vicious in her fighting. That's all. Welcome to me. That's fair. She smiles when dooms when she's fighting Doomsday. Like she smiles because she knows she can take him. Mm-hmm. She's not scared of him. Like there is mm-hmm. nothing about what she does that is scared of this big giant non non earthly creature. Mm-hmm. Like she makes that very clear that she has no problem killing something that has come from another world because that's what she does. Mm-hmm. So I I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that the girl handled the fight and the boys had to come finally finish it up, but yeah. she took care of that. I love the lasso. Yeah, and I, um. I definitely know I'm, I'm in the minority in that opinion. I will really say, are. though, that the music cue when she the first shows up on screen mm-hmm. was probably my favorite music cue in the movie. The second time watching it, the music cue actually comes another time, too, before mm-hmm. her big – and it was when they were looking at the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice yeah. it the first time because I didn't know to notice it. <laughs> uh, the second time I was like, it's the music. In it's the music. Way. And I got really excited <laughs> about it um, because I, that may have to turn into a ringtone for me because I enjoyed <laughs> it that much. But – one of the other things is, like, we have countless amounts of versions of Batman, Superman, Lex, Lois on TV, movies, all of the comics that I don't understand. And we, I don't, in my little non-comic head, have that many versions of Wonder Woman. I have this version. <laughs> on the colored pencil thing, I have the new version that's all over Target. Uh, I have Linda Carter, <laughs> but I'm not overly familiar with them. Mm-hmm. This character, I somehow have this weird relation to. Like, I enjoy her. I want all of – I'm very excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the – I still hate the costume, but meh. I don't see how you're running around in a bathing suit. I'm sorry. I will never understand that. Um <laughs> Wait, do you hate the classic Wonder Woman costume or do you hate the Gal Gadot costume? Um, I, I hate female superheroes running around in a bikini. Okay, no. In I, any I, way, I'm, shape, I'm or form. There. I'm in agreement with you there. I, I really enjoy Gal's version, though. She, I mean, it looked very nice. Costume. Yeah. But it's still a bathing suit with some stuff on it. Um, right. You know, a little bit of armor going on. Mm. I, I just, I can't wear some pants. Um <laughs> It's dangerous not to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for her movie to get all of that because there are many, many people like me who this is really going to be their first, um, I don't know, introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. So I, I like it. Excellent. There you go. Excellent. Uh, Rebecca, what did you think of Wendy? Uh, I thought she was awesome. I was glad to hear that in pretty much the the five screenings that I've seen now, everybody cheers when Wonder Woman shows up. I love that she, her, the first shot you see of her as Wonder Woman is the bracelets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's a, that's an iconic pose, and I I love that. And I love that she comes in saving Batman. Mm-hmm. She yes. gets to save <laughs> I Batman. Love that too. Yeah. yeah. I now I'm a, I'm I'm partially a Wonder Bat shipper, so. 
Um, I, ca- yes. I kind of enjoy that. <laughs> but I love that, you know, because Batman is like most people's favorite character. Mm. And and for him, you know, and some in some versions of Batman, like he's just, you know, he's he's this uh, ultra smart guy. You can't take him down. Nothing, you know, he, he can do no wrong. But Wonder Woman is the one who comes in to help him. And I think that's awesome. They yeah. allowed her to be so strong that she could save Batman. And I loved her throughout the movie. I loved all the Diana stuff. I love mm-hmm. the Bruce yes. and Diana stuff. Yes. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they have a lot of great uh, tension between the two of them. And I enjoy that. And I love that now that Superman is dead, those two are the ones who are going to have to go find everybody else. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see, you know, do they go together to find everybody else? Or do they kind of, you know part ways and wonder woman goes to find aquaman or you know batman goes to find flash i don't know um so i'm excited to see what they do with her i i will say uh derek uh, from gotham tv podcast over in the chat room says totally agree with amd you're awesome wonder woman but wear some pants they tried that in the comics it didn't turn <laughs> did. out so well, well even just yeah. some shorts they can be booty shorts for all i care but you're wearing a bathing suit holy bat pastor what'd you think of wonder woman oh i agree with everything that that our lovely ladies have said this evening. Um, I am not as familiar with the character. So it's very interesting to hear your comments, Bill, um, about your take on her as like an anti hero. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'd like to look into in the future, but, um, just in terms of, I guess here's, here's where I am. I loved her presence in the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I really dug the fact that she saved Batman. I just, I was all over that. The music. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think everyone was turned on by that little uh, – by the way, uh, who, where did I hear this? That on iTunes – I think my son was telling me this recently, that on iTunes, more people are downloading that song than any other from the soundtrack. It's I also the it. most – I think it's also the most popular one on YouTube, the Water, oh, wow. Water Tower Music, uh, okay, the, comp- the company that did the score. Um, that's the one that people are clicking on. Yeah, real <laughs> real success right there. Yeah, they did yeah. it. Kudos to them. So, um, but I, I have to admit, I really like the fact that people are excited about her, and I think that this gives DC an edge. And not that I'm pulling for one over the other, but I do like <laughs> the fact that DC may have this uh, this sleeper hit on their hands uh, yeah. in the future with her own independent film. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm just excited because we live in a day and age where people are saying, "Yes, I want a strong female hero." So I, I think that bodes well for the girls and for uh, the women who um, will come out certainly and support that film. So, yeah, I am excited about that, I have to admit. Excellent. Uh, what were I, was you gonna, gonna say? Oh, I was going to ask him something and I can't remember what it was now. I should have just spoke. Stretch. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. well, well, that's just as well because I, I think it's uh, – you guys have to get to another showing of Batman v Superman, right? Right. right. I, I can't believe how quickly that hour and 15 yes. minutes or so went. Are you like, kidding me? I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. We have barely. Yeah. I think we're maybe a quarter of the way through the dock. Mm-hmm. So we'll just talk without you. Yeah, we, we'll, ju- we'll just keep <laughs> going on. But, you know, we have to do an arbitrary scale for them before they leave. Oh, okay, goodness. we'll see. Yes, yes. Out of out – of, uh, Five uh, sliced-off finger pads from General Zod. How many sliced-off finger pads from General Zod do you give the uh, movie? Rebecca, we'll start with you. Uh, I would give it uh, 4.5. 4.5? What happened to that one half of a finger pad? Um, I think there was – and this is not to fault the movie because I think there was a lot that they had to cut out. I think they had to cut something like 30 minutes of the movie out. But Mm -hmm. there were some things that I think they could have explained a little more about like how Lex knew 
knew the secret identities and things like that. Yes. Um, that you can just kind of assume that he's just that smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were some little bits like that that maybe they could have given more information. But at the same time, like, I don't think it hurts the movie. I think you can still, mm-hmm. you know, make up your own uh, things to fill in the fill in the blanks there. Um, not a perfect movie, but it's really close for me anyway. Excellent. Okay, about how about you, Holy Bat Pastor? Out of five sliced off finger pads there. Yeah, just to only to be different. Um, and also <laughs> keeping in mind that um, kind of following Anne Marie's uh, her approach, her philosophy when on Legends of Gotham, that there's always room for improvement. <laughs> yes, facts. All right, so trying to keep that in mind, I'm not going to say five, but I'll just say 4.75. Um, that if if you were to press me, like, oh, so what did you not like about the film? I, there were only a few things, the, the two that come to my mind, and I've really got to watch the film again, to be fair, but there's one part in the, in the nightmare sequence. Mm-hmm. There's like this... It seems like to me this screen kind of goes black at one point, and I remember like all three times seeing it thinking, I think that transition could have been a little different. That is a small, small quibble, but I think this movie – I think this movie is edited very well. I mean I've had heard some negative reviews that have called into question, oh, it's just – the editing's all over the place, and and uh, and I can't follow the movie. I would love to be able to answer all of those. I wish we had time because I can't. I still cannot fathom what movie you're watching. Um, I'm one of these that's very slow. Sometimes I have to watch a movie three and four times, and then the pieces start coming together for me, and I go, ah, I get it. And I'm talking about good movies too. Mm-hmm. This movie, the first time I noticed, I was like, I followed everything. So when people say they can't follow it, I'm I'm really kind of lost as to what they were doing while the film was on. The other thing that um, this is not a criticism of the film, maybe as much as it is of the marketing. Mm-hmm. I was not bothered by the doomsday reveal or anything. I mean, I was I was invested in the movie and I knew I would love it. Um, but you know that old statement, uh, you should be careful not to cast your pearls before swine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that that's what they did in some regard. Sometimes the negative reviewers kind of act like, you know, you got to prove yourself, Zack Snyder, w, uh, WB, DC, you got to prove yourself. This is actually a mutual transaction. And mm-hmm. audiences have to behave worthy of the material that's being offered to them. And I think some of that stuff that they threw out that maybe I wish they had kind of kept secret, I don't know that the audience has earned that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think all of them did. Maybe some of us, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, hey, throw anything at us. But I think some of that they should have <laughs> saved. Um, we would have been a little more surprised. We would have been like, wow, I can't believe they went there. Um, and uh, so I think the next time around, maybe they need to keep, uh, some of that a little more close to the vest, you know, and not show it off and let let the audience do their part, you know, in kind of stepping up their game also. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my four point seven five. <laughs> Excellent. OK, well, uh, you guys, you're a minute late getting out of here already. Uh, if you don't have anything surprising you wanted to plug, I know how to plug for you guys. You guys go go see the okay. movie. Aren't you going to uh, IMAX, uh, too? Yes. Yeah, yeah no. we're going we're going to like the real IMAX, not the the fake IMAX. <gasps> like You're going to real, like the science center not like IMAX? IMAX. Yeah, like the real real stuff. But the un- unfortunate thing about that is they all of those showings are super late. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. If you want the real deal, you got to go late at night, but this this should be good. This will be my first time, so I'm really looking forward to it. And Woo-hoo! IMAX is awesome. Yay. Awesome. Well, well, you guys enjoy. I'll do your plugs and stuff for you. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You. Bye. I'm going to you. I'm going to hang up on you. Bye. 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 I hung up on you them. You did hang up on them. I did hang up on them. Okay. Wow. You can follow uh, Rebecca at Derby Kid on Twitter, and you can catch her every week on Supergirl, Supergirl Radio, Radio, which you can find at supergirlradio.com. 
And you can follow Holy Bat Pastor at, at Holy, Holy Bat, Bat Pastor. Pastor. Thanks, guys, so much again for coming on. Oh, they on. were awesome. And now we'll probably be able to give some more attention to the chat room as we, we may, finish up we our may. points here, too. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk <laughs> about is uh, the nightmare sequence. Emery, oh. how, how did you – because I, I was kind of interested in this because someone at work was saying that if a non-comics fan saw this not nightmare sequence, they wouldn't know what to do with it. They would be so confused. They ding, 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 ding. Quit the movie. I thought you didn't said say you, I wanted to quit the movie, but I was still confused by it. I thought you said you, you kind of uh, just interpreted it as Bruce Wayne's like uh, thoughts about Batman and being like a weird dream sequence coming from his subconscious kind of thing. Okay. Well, that's what you said when when I <laughs> first time or second time. Uh, the first time. Oh, nothing I said the first time can count. Mm. Too much alcohol. Um, no, but that makes sense. I can I can see that. I it just I feel like you made more connections, and I mm-hmm. have heard things now from you that make more connections for me. Uh-huh. Um, but upon rewatching it, I was just like knowing what to look for, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that it was the Flash because he looks completely different than he does in his little like video surveillance video. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It just. It, it, I. I needed your, your explanation to really because I think by the time that we got to the Amory just interpreted this as Batman's thoughts, mm-hmm. we'd already talked at least a little bit. So yeah. my brain was skewed. Mm-hmm. So I. I needed to for somebody to tell me it was Flash. Yeah. Speaking of Flash, though, like I really hope that Ezra Miller keeps the beard for for mm-hmm. his part in the Justice League, just because in just to hear him talk about his excitement about playing the character and stuff. I, I I would I think I, I kind of like a stoner whoa dude the multiverse kind of flash. Well, isn't that the kind of flash that we're getting? Well, it, that's what it <laughs> seems like, and I think yeah. that's that's a really good contrast. You know, he can move a million miles a minute, but he he talks kind of slow and he thinks kind of slow, and he's kind of in awe of it all. You know, and I think that's a really cool way to take the character for sure. Okay, I don't know much mm-hmm. about. Yeah. The Flash. Again, I don't watch any of the other shows. <laughs> I watch Gotham. <laughs> so, but what did you, I mean, you just like that he is like this whole different type of. Yeah, he, completely thing. different completely... from the Barry Allen character. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Bobby in the chat room says, uh, why was Batman's dream prophetic? I don't think it was prophetic. I think what happens. Yeah, uh, exactly what Tensor Guy is saying. It's not prophetic. It's a time travel message. It's the Flash using the speed force to run back in time and try and warn Bruce about something. And he's pulling all this, like, potentially an alternate future with him. And that's what gets in Bruce's head. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually think that we're going to see a big twist uh, when we fight. Because eventually, uh, and Zack Snyder has said, we're going to get the other end of that. We're going to see the Flash running back to warn Bruce. Oh, okay. See, that excites me then. Yeah. So I, I think I, it's going to be a big twist. I think that the guy that Flash is talking to Bruce about, about, you know, Lois is the key and you were right about him. I think the him is not Superman. Batman interprets, interprets, interprets it, interprets it as such in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that uh, – I think it's going to be somewhere else. I think we're going to get thrown a twist uh, somewhere in there. But I, I also think that the results or what Flash is trying to fix is the fact that something happened to corrupt Superman. Uh, but the person that Batman was right about is someone else entirely. Okay. But, but that's why that future kind of gets pulled along with him when he's coming back to warn Batman. That's okay. my theory anyway. Okay. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Okay, so next up. Next up. I, uh, 
Derek from Gotham TV podcast says that was the most fantastic but confusing moment in the film for general audiences. Yeah, Amory, like we said, didn't even know it was. Uh, I, I needed the little bit of you know between us leaving the movie and sitting down to record our instant reactions. You had told me just enough to get me where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but not everybody has a Bill Meeks to tell them where they need to be. Yeah, very true. Everyone everybody needs a, needs a Bill Meeks. Everybody needs a Bill Meeks. I agree. I, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. It, it, but unfortunately, I don't exist in the multi. I only exist once in the multiverse. Uh, so. To the best of our knowledge. To the best of our knowledge. Okay, so something else I want to talk about in this movie is, Ooh, is the fact that uh, Clark and Bruce's secret identities are kind of laid bare in yeah. the movie by Lex Luthor. I, I just think, you know, if anybody in the DCU can uncover their secret identities, I'm glad it was Lex. I, I, I don't think he's going to end up revealing them to the world either because that knowledge gives him a lot of power, yep. really. I, what did you think about that? Did, <laughs> were you surprised when they revealed that uh, Lex knew who they were, Clarky um, Joe and all that? I think we got enough of him knowing who they were before the movie mm-hmm. kind of like just that introduction at his house shows enough that he knows. Yeah. Um, and really it's probably why he invited Bruce Wayne to his house for the event. Like there mm-hmm. was, it was already opened up for that. So it really didn't surprise me, but it just had me go. So this isn't a normal thing for him to know who these people are <laughs> because again, yeah, traditionally. And I, I think they've gotten a little loosey goosey with it in the past mm-hmm. year or so. I've been, uh, kind of fallen off the monthly books. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, I, I, I think in general, Lex doesn't know. Like, in that's fact- kind of impre- that's kind of is weird then because he's in this entire movie he's mm-hmm. way up on the intelligence scale compared to anybody else is he not always well so highly intelligent as no he he's always super intelligent he just can't put two and two together to get four all the time there's actually a, a, one interpretation one way they went with it with when they introduced businessman lex mm-hmm. there's a story where lex luther he wants to find out who superman is so you know he can destroy superman or whatever yeah and uh you know so he runs he builds this huge mega super brain computer has it running on the problem night and day for weeks mm-hmm. and it eventually comes to the conclusion clark kent is superman okay and he sees it there in front of him and he just dismisses it outright because he's like, no one with that much power would make themselves this meek, mild reporter. That's impossible. My computer's busted. It can't be right. I'm going to have to solve this problem another way. He just completely dismisses it because okay. his head – he can't wrap, wrap his mind around the fact that someone with that much power wouldn't be a king or right. uh, you know, uh, or a businessman or something. Something. Wouldn't be taking advantage of it in right. some way in his personal life. So – Okay. That's one of my favorite stories, though. Uh, anything fun in the chat room here, Emory? Uh, I guess uh, John from the Gotham TV podcast also doesn't exist in the multiverse. Nice. Nice. Uh, Tensor guys um, starting a support group where you're, hi, Mr. Meeks, how can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Lex went so far as to make superhero logos for each of their folders. That's true, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty impressive. Like, how much info is in those folders? Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm I was kind of curious, about, curious that. about that because – the Wonder Woman one makes sense because her mm. armor has the W's like that or her uh, – it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've seen a bunch of people saying, you know, oh, he took the time to make the folders. He owns an entire company, a hip like, you know, Facebook-like company. I'm sure he just went to like one of the, the grunt graphic designers and they whipped them up in a day or something. Like Maybe. That, you know. I don't know because it is like Luther and this is like his pet project. Yeah, that's very This true. is sort of a – I is, mean – 
who who's to say Lex Luthor doesn't know his way around around Adobe Illustrator? Yeah, I he mean, might. He's he's pretty he's a pretty smart guy. He might he might he so. might know some principles of design. Yeah, so I he could know. probably build a web page. I I would hope he could build a web page <laughs> if he can build a supervillain. But you know he, he he is really really smart though, and uh, his his plan I thought was really smart in this movie too. What mm-hmm. do what did you think of it overall, Anne Marie? Lex is a sick sick twisted man. Mm-hmm. Sad sick <laughs> twisted man was way too smart for his own good. Um, I mean I mean which plan? Like he had like sixteen plans and executed mm-hmm. all of them. Um. You know, sorry about your peach tea. Uh, <laughs> that that I love that moment. I love that. I heard one uh, podcast talking about it, going, "Why is there so much information about a cup of excuse me piss?" Like <laughs> they're like, "Why is this important in my Batman movie?" I don't understand. I'm like, obviously you missed the oh, whole I, thing. I, th- I thought it was great with the senator though, just because she had this whole kind of like down home country thing going oh, on, yeah. and that's a very down home country thing to say. Oh yeah, and you, I'm sure Lex especially because he did she didn't cooperate with him mm-hmm. was just like, Oh, I'm just going to like pick at that and take advantage of it and make her know, make sure she knows who yeah. did it before she goes down. Yeah. Um, which I enjoyed her. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Oh, she was great. She was very Holly good. Hunter. I think. Holly Hunter yeah. and her asses. Um, his other plan, basically, for, I don't know. I can't think of what I liked or what I thought about that. You, you have more things. Well, I, I, I really like that his plan <laughs> wasn't really clear to the audience until he revealed it to Superman on the helipad. I mean, you got yeah. glimpses of it. You saw him messing around with Doomsday. You saw him getting the kryptonite. But you didn't see him, you know, kind of manipulating Batman and Superman the entire movie mm-hmm. into this fight. I mean, I, I'm convinced that... He let Bruce into the mansion to get that information so he would be able to find the Mm -hmm. kryptonite and steal the kryptonite to use in the fight against Superman. Like, Mm -hmm. this was all orchestrated. He he emotionally manipulated manipulated bruce wayne uh you know by with right. the with the letters and uh you know that you killed you let your family die yeah and all this stuff which i thought was really interesting uh you know went found out you know what uh greasy spoon superman's mom worked at yeah that to was abduct her and and you don't really get a sense of the the depth of it the depth of the plan until the classic supervillain I'm revealing my plan speech, which I, I really like because in a lot of movies, in particular superhero movies mm-hmm. recently, it's always you're following the villain as he does his thing the entire time. Yeah. And nothing – there's no big surprises at the end as to how it happened. Like, uh, you know, there can be elements that can be brought in like, you know, you know wild card. Here's, here's a big thing that happens. But you don't get you, – you never get that big reveal that you were strung along as well as the superheroes were the entire movie. Right. And they got – and Lex gets one over on the audience too, yeah. I think, which was kind of cool. Uh, sorry. But, I'm trying to follow along in the chat room. The, la, 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 oh, uh, Bobby la. says Lex somehow knows of Darkseid and he is tying these uh, trying, together – or tying, Trying to gather these heroes for a league. For a league. Uh, you know, I think uh, Lex had kind of a, an eye on the, the metahuman hypothesis thing uh, going in. But I really just got the impression that when he went on the Kryptonian ship, mm-hmm. he learned an awful lot about Darkseid because they mentioned that, you know, there's an index there of all the planets and everything. Mm-hmm. There's actually a deleted scene that actually shows that there might be some elements from Apocalypse on that ship as well. Mm. So, and I mean, we did get the mother box. Uh, it, it, it's the the thing that the thing with the, the little no the, the box that the guy uses to make cyborg 
uh, when Wonder Woman's going oh, through all okay. the videos yeah. of the Justice Leaguers. It's the box. It's the item uh, for 1982 or whatever. Yeah, I'm is. never going to remember that. Yeah, but uh, that's a mother <laughs> box. And that plays a big role on Apocalypse. It's basically uh, basically you're, you're bonded with your mother box. They're like part of you. And okay. uh, you can use them to open up boom tubes and travel through space and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But uh, let's see. We already talked about Death of Superman. We did. Uh, let's see here. Okay, uh, so and I already really talked about must there be a Superman too and that did. whole thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see here, uh, Anne Marie. Yeah. Let's get critical here, right at the end. Okay. What's one thing about the movie you think it could improve on? Oh, I know it's not her movie, but I'd have liked a little bit more Wonder Woman, even if not necessarily as Wonder Woman mm-hmm. as Diana Prince. Well, that was one of my big complaints, too. I thought we were going to get a lot more of her involvement. Yeah, I thought she wasn't in the movie enough to justify how much they They promoted her her being in the movie and how much people reacted to her being in the movie. And Mm -hmm. I also felt she wasn't effective when she was in the movie in a lot of ways. Like, she didn't land a lot of blows against Doomsday. That's all I'm saying. That's because we were following the boys and what they were doing. Mm -hmm. We never saw her actually lasso him, but we saw him there in the lasso. Yeah. So we don't know how long that took. Well, we know it took at least about five minutes because that's how long it took to save Lois. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, I, I think I'd have liked, actually, I think I'd have liked more of Diana versus Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed the fashionista character and how she basically like flattens Bruce with every like click of her stiletto. Like <laughs> she basically, she, she outsmarted him and he wasn't not at all ready for that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty uh, Kent in the chat room asked, Bill, do you have any ideas who was in the black and white photo with Wonder Woman? I haven't really looked at it that much. I was just – I was basically assuming that uh, it was just the cast from the Wonder Woman movie and characters will meet there. But I didn't like really mm. analyze it too much to say who might this be, who might that be, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because honestly, just because I'm not a big fan of the character – I'm not looking that forward to the Wonder Woman movie. I'm looking more forward to it as a period superhero piece, yeah. uh, you know, set during World War One and everything than I am is a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. And uh, as for me, I thought, uh, you know, as far as criticism yes. uh, with Batman v Superman, I thought the two climactic battles in the movie went on probably about 20% too long. Yeah. Uh, the Batman v Superman one and uh, the, whatchamacallit, the uh, Doomsday one. I, I thought I, I thought they just went on a little too long. I would have liked more content, like in the first act or two, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like because the first act, and this is something one I, I like uh, that that whole philosophical question of the concept of superheroes. That kind of gets me going, right? In a lot of ways, but I also I really thought that the first hour or so of the movie mm-hmm. it really read to me like like a stage play in a lot of ways because it was just like you know the spotlight would come on on these two characters. You get a little scene with them. The spotlight comes on over here on a different part of the stage. Yep. You get a little bit with them and back and forth and back and forth. And then after you know the Capitol blows up, mm-hmm. everything kind of merges and comes together and moves forward. It reminded me a lot like how a lot of a two-act stage plays are kind of structured, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. It is impossible to find this picture. Oh, you're, you're looking for <laughs> I'm the- trying to find that one, yeah. Just because – I hadn't looked at it yet. This is Watch Us Google Things. Um, was it 1915 or 1913? I thought it was 1913. 
I don't want your first set photos. <laughs> Yet. No, 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 no. Yeah, they, I, I'm having trouble pulling it up, too. I, like, all, I keep getting all sorts of uh, comic pictures and things. So, anyway. Yeah, if anyone in the, uh, knows where it is online, uh, throw it in the chat room. We'll throw it up and talk about it real quick as we're going through uh, the end here. But now I guess it's time for us to... to say what we thought of it with uh, mm-hmm. a new arbitrary scale that I have to come up with. Because everybody already answered the other one? Because everybody already answered the other one. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Um, out of 14 Polaroids of Martha Kent tied up in a chair. Oh, how many Polaroids of Martha Kent do you give this movie, Emery? 12 and one that didn't develop. Why? Um, because, you know, a holy bat pastor stole it from me. There's always room for improvement. Um, no, I really, I did really enjoy it. I don't think it, um, did for me what it did for the three of you. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to, I went in wanting it to, but it didn't Mm -hmm. quite do that. Well, I think you've, you've kind of had it pegged that you were going to like this movie, but you're going to like, you, you feel like you're going to love Suicide Squad, right? I am giddy for Suicide Squad more than I am for Batman v Superman. I've always been, I'm one of those people who likes the villains. Sorry. Like, I I mean, I am one of those people. Um, and well, we're getting a really good Joker. Yeah. We're getting a really good Joker. And apparently that's the only character everybody can always seem to do really good. So they keep (laughs) taking over being the best. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I said, I really, I did enjoy the movie. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just because, you know, everyone around you, me, Holy Bat Pastor, Rebecca, loved it so much. Maybe that just made, it might, maybe that's why I don't like, it's the same thing as why I don't like the Wonder Woman thing as much. Everyone was so gaga over it. I'm just like, eh. I don't get it. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's also just the fact that you guys understand it more and you're mm-hmm. looking at it from like you have all these different perspectives. You've read billions of books. You've seen all of these movies and shows and all of these things. And you know what I go? Hi, I watch Gotham. Yeah. I'm that person. Mm-hmm. I am your – well, as uh, I'm the girlfriend going to see the movie, but I have a slightly more context. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that is. That's what I am and I enjoyed it. I, you know, I'll watch it again probably so I can try and get up to you guys' level <laughs> before the next time we talk about well, it's it. It's a packed movie too. It's, it, like, it, it's it a is. very dense film. And sure. I am mad that I had – one too many margaritas the first time honestly because i wanted to come away with that type of reaction and i wasn't able to because i was way too relaxed mm-hmm. um i don't know i i liked it i just you know whatever i understand i understand okay uh, let's see here over in the chat room uh let's see here we have uh eight polaroids 11 polaroids uh re- reduced for eisenberg uh Jimbo is at uh, 12 pol- Polaroids, yep. and uh, Tensor Guy hasn't weighed in, but I'm going to assume he did like 6 million Polaroids. Mm-hmm. For much. <laughs> you know what did remind me of the Joker in this movie? Oh, so many things. That face of Martha Kent. Like, because it had kind of like, it had like the strap oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in her mouth, so it looked like that, uh, oh, the, the that Chelsea smile uh-huh. thing. From the, from uh, Dark Knight. So that did remind me of the Joker a little bit. Nice. Okay, we're going to get to some feedback here. I would normally give out all our information, but just go to legendsofgotham.com and look Figure it up. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. We're not doing another Batman v Superman episode. So I, As of now, we're not. As of now, but you know, you never it know. might happen. Okay, but uh, let's see here. I'm going to organize these by length. Uh, so first up, we're going to have uh, Nixie, uh, who I work with. Take it away, Nixie. Hello, Feet 
faithful listeners. Uh, my name is Nixie. I usually have a co-host named Grace, but we run another amazing podcast like this one called There's No Place Like Terra. It's a Stargate first watch, rewatch podcast. I've seen Stargate a number of times. Grace is watching for a very first time. Um, you know, we're watching Batman and Superman, and if you're like me, I'm just going, hey, where's more Wonder Woman? Um, <laughs> and then we've got to talking that Samantha Carter is kind of like Wonder Woman, more like Captain Marvel, maybe looks like Cyborg, something along those lines. We get on tangents like this a lot. Most likely this will be the next podcast, but if you like Stargate, haven't seen it before, watching it for the 18,000th time, um, find us. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and on iTunes called There's No Place Like Terra. And it's another fine podcast, much like this one. We hope to hear you, have you hear us. We hope to bring entertainment to your ear holes soon. Bye. Thank you very Thank much, Nixie. And yeah, check out that podcast. Uh, they, they're, they're having a lot of fun over there talking Stargate. Uh, over in the chat room, uh, VV says, I, I now understand why people didn't like the movie. It's because they didn't get it. I'm so used to watching DC movies where a whole bunch of characters pop up and I know who they are and their storyline already. Like, actually, I think that's a big part of like why the critical reception wasn't so good because up until now, mm-hmm. especially in the live action universe, the adaptations of these characters have been so subpar yeah. that when you get a good one. A- an adaptation that is hues so closely to the comics as this one did. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I think it confuses people because they're expecting Christopher Reeves and then you get comic book Superman up there dealing with these really weighty topics that comic books have dealt with for decades. Mm-hmm. And they're just not expecting it. So I, I think that was part of it, definitely. Okay, uh, next up we have uh, Shauna, Shauna Parana. Shauna Parana! Uh, who, it's actually the first voicemail she's ever sent us. She's been a longtime listener of her other podcast, Greetings from Storybrooke, but for first voicemail to us, mm-hmm. so uh, take it away. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie, this is Shauna from hey. San Diego. Hey. This is my first voice message. We'll uh, see how it goes. Um, calling about Batman versus Superman, and uh, I gotta admit, this one was was pretty rough on me. Um, I guess when Man of Steel ended, I thought maybe we would get kind of a quieter, a quieter, more human movie as the sequel. You know, Superman coming into his own as a superhero and a man with a job and, you know, kick-ass Lois Lane girlfriend. Uh, you know, that's kind of the movie I wanted. But instead, we kind of went straight from origin to death. And, you know, I feel like there's a movie missing somewhere in there, you know, and I'm kind of in mourning that we didn't really get much time with Superman before this kind of thing all happened. I will say that, you know, I I kind of feel like the way they're approaching this is that his death in this movie is mm-hmm. kind of the end of his origin. I think I, I think when he rises again, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be... 100% pure Superman. I think him him deciding to make the sacrifice at the end of this movie was his last, like, kind of big trial as, as, as he grows and everything. Yeah. You okay? You're making a lot of weird faces. I'm there. just reading Bobby's. He said, I understand all the DC characters. I got everything. I still didn't like it. I hate when people tell me I didn't get it. So, And that doesn't not invalidate your opinion. Fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Okay. Fair I enough. continue on Shauna. You know, we all know. Superman comes back, but you know, what about Clark? Is this the death of kind of the alter ego? Um, yeah, that's a you big know, question. is he giving up on his humanity altogether? It just doesn't sound like the Superman that I've loved so much over the years. I, I will say that, yeah, I had that co- question too, because in Death of Superman, the comic book version, 
they Clark was dead, but they never found a body because you know there was so much wreckage and destruction mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, when Superman comes back to life, he Supergirl just happens to find him under some rubble, and he's been living in a fallout shelter or something. So they found a way to play it off. Mm-hmm. But in this, they had a full an open casket funeral for Clark. So yeah, he's... I, I, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of uh, walk that back. I hope they do. Um, but I have to admit, I accept this is something new. I feel like I can both respect that, but also really, really dislike it at the same mm-hmm. time because it's not necessarily what I was hoping for. But if others really enjoy this new kind of Superman, you know, I'm glad that they have something that they enjoy. So, you know, I have other places that I can turn um, for my the Superman that I love. Um, it just unfortunately isn't going to be this. Um, on the other hand, you know, I thought Ben Affleck did an amazing job as Batman. And, you know, the Wonder Woman was awesome, too. So there is, is some hope there, but it was it was pretty rough for Superman for me. But um, good luck with the with the podcast, and uh, I'll catch you on Twitter. Bye. Thank you very much, Shauna. Definitely appreciate it. Well, while we don't agree with your p- opinion, we will share it, and we will comment <laughs> on it. And I ask, ask you to send in more. Yes, please. Feel free to send in a voicemail anytime. That was great. Okay, next up is John and Derek from our BFF uh, podcast. podcast, Gotham Podcast, Gotham TV Podcast. Take it away, John and Je- Derek. I, and they actually did a lot shorter than the one I sent them. The one I sent I'm them. I'm sure it was a novella. I sat de- Well, I sat down to like, okay, I'll record a quick two minutes. Eight minutes later, <laughs> I, I hit the stop button. But John and Derek, take it away. Hi, Bill. Hi, I'm Marie. This is Derek. Hey. Hi, Bill. Hi, I'm Marie. It's John here. Hello. From Gotham TV Podcast. Yay. Sorry it's been so long since we've talked to you. Yeah. Uh, it's not you. It's us, or more accurately, the scheduling of Gotham in the UK and Ireland, which has kept True us that. From talking to you in case of being spoiled. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to you again in the summer between season two and season three for our Gotham Roundtable again. Yeah, hopefully, we can have another roundtable with you guys and gals. Yes. <laughs> so, what we're here for today, obviously, is to send you our feedback on Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Hope you guys aren't shortening it down to Bivastage because they don't like that. Uh, but we loved it. Yeah, absolutely. This was a really cool comic book action movie it was full of action loved ben affleck as batman mm-hmm. loved what he brought loved the interaction between him and alfred with jeremy irons or should i say jeremy's iron um <laughs> this was really cool some great fight scenes some great big action points you know again poor metropolis um seeing the sort of the destructive end of, of the superheroes and supervillain world and gotham as well as always but Metropolis, we had this vision, you know, the, the builder was placing the last brick to finish off the, the previous, uh, restoration of, of Metropolis after obviously Zod and his crew destroyed it. And of course, in comes Doomsday. And, uh, with that kind of name, you're not going to get a good urban outcome, I don't think. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my big point for Batman v Superman is how much it felt like a comic book event. It really did feel like a comic book movie, but particularly one of those big event uh, books like Flashpoint or like Civil War, where you get to see one of the big storylines, which is the battle between Batman and Superman and how they resolve for their friendship. Uh, but you also get to see glimpses of other side stories, things like why is Wonder Woman aged over a hundred. Why is Chris Pine in a photograph with her from 1914? Those interesting <laughs> pieces. You know, what, who's Flash? Why is he telling the story of uh, a future version of Superman who has taken over the world? You know, what's that interest there? Who's Cyborg? Why is he 
being created. Uh, what's that box that created him? Loads of great, interesting stories that are all going to be solved in the future. So while it did feel a little bit like the Avengers with so many characters in there, they will all be explained away. All those things that we're interested in will be explained away in the other side films coming up. Yeah, I loved in this movie Lex Luthor. I was really kind of dubious about um, Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal from some of the snippets and the trailers that we'd seen. I kind of was slightly questioning the kookiness of it, but actually I thought it really, really worked here. Again, DC knows how to do villains. Loved Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex Luthor here. Uh, in particular, obviously, the hearing scene where you have the jar of Granny's peach tea, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. <laughs> and I just loved the fact that his own assistant looked r- around to see where was Lex Luthor when the bomb went off. Really malevolent, really crazy. And, and that final bit w- with him in in the lockup, basically in a padded cell, really, really cool. And um, so for me, one of the big things of this film that really worked, as well as Batman and Alfred, was absolutely uh, Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg. I loved how it also just introduced the wider DC universe with mm-hmm. Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Cyborg in particular was, I loved how he was being created the pain and the agony that was brought to that few seconds was like absolutely awesome. And by Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. How cool was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really cool. Absolutely loved how they introduced the wider DC world here with the movie Flash, with Cyborg, with Aquaman, and of course having Wonder Woman there as well. Gargadot was fantastic yeah. throughout this film. Really, really enjoyed her. So to sum up, the movie's not without its problems, but overall really fun action movie. Really exciting and great to see everybody on the screen. Can't wait to go back and see it again ourselves. Absolutely. You go in there and you enjoy it. It's not supposed to be a foreign language film. It's not a huge <laughs> in-depth um, piece on global capitalism or, or what have you. This is a or is fun, <laughs> action-packed adventure comic book movie and jam-packed full to the rafters. It just really was great fun for me and I, I don't think we should really be um, thinking about it too much uh, as some critics may have been doing. But, I mean, obviously there's that disconnect there between critics and audience. Uh, for me, just a great, fun, action-packed movie. Well, those are our basic thoughts over at Gotham TV Podcast. We will also be recording our review, but really looking to hearing your thoughts, Bill and Anne-Marie, over on Legends of Gotham. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll catch up really soon with you yes, guys as we're uh, cracking through the last half of the season of Gotham. Yeah, enjoy the rest of Gotham uh, and can't wait to speak to you again. See you. Bye now. Bye. Definitely. Over the summer. Absolutely. You, us, a couple bottles of wine. Gotham, 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 Gotham. Ah, uh, bottles of wine. Uh, yeah, you know, one thing uh, that uh, I, I thought was interesting that, that they spoke about was that, that uh, you know, you don't need to overthink it. You know, all the, this kind of stuff. Like, I think I, I think it was a movie that kind, kind of rewards you for, for thinking about it and mm-hmm. uh, like looking into it in depth. I think a lot of critics weren't expecting it to be that kind of movie. I yeah. think they were... It, I think that's also why you get a lot of complaints about the first hour, hour and a half, because the first hour, hour and a half, like I said, is a deep examination mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, the philosophy of what if superheroes existed in the real world? How would the world react to them? And how would the superheroes react to that reaction? And, uh, you know, so I think a lot of people were going in expecting Fight Night, and that was the movie that they, they were going in expecting. So when... For the first hour, two hours of the movie, you you get this big kind of must there be a Superman uh, kind of thing going on. 
they don't know people don't know how to react to it exactly yeah. uh but okay let's see here we'll wrap up uh with in someone i know uh, they've been very vocal in the chat room tonight yes. not liking the movie nope, uh, and that's okay not yeah. everybody has to like everything yeah, yeah, and I, I also, I, I also think you know it's okay to say you don't like somebody's opinion, and with without, I, I mean, or disagree with somebody's opinion. Yeah, I don't think disagreeing with somebody, you know, necessarily invalidates an opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, maybe, maybe bring down the the vitriol in the chat room a little bit. We're not a fighty podcast. We're nope. just we a fight with each podcast. other, but that's okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so take it away, Bobby. Hey guys, it's Bobby here to share a few of my thoughts about uh, Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice. So before I watched this one, I decided to re to uh, rewatch Man of Steel. Whenever there's a series of films involved, I always like to watch the previous one again That's just fair. to reacclimate myself with the world that uh, this these films are set in. And I've got to say, upon repeat viewing, I enjoyed Man of Steel more than I had previously. Um, I still had some issues with it, but I think Henry, Henry Cavill is a great Superman. I think uh, Amy Adams makes a great Lois Lane, so I have no issues with those whatsoever. Um, and so that being said, I was a bit more optimistic going into my showing of uh, Batman v Superman. So <laughs> I'm just going to cut to the chase. Um, I'm not going to say the movie was terrible. It wasn't utter garbage like everyone is saying. It's, um, Zack Snyder is not a terrible hack filmmaker. I mean, that's far from the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously the film was shot beautifully. It was cast almost perfectly. Mm -hmm. I have no issues with those things. What I do take issue with is the, per my, in my opinion, the portrayal of uh, Batman and Superman in particular. Um, Batman is almost more akin to the Punisher. And I know there's issues that have led to that that, you know, are not touched upon at all in the movie except for like the few brief things that if you're a comic fan, of course, okay, now you can piece all of this together and, and see that this is where it's leading. Um, but I felt like it, uh, you know, it went beyond challenging uh, – moviegoers and and you know the watchers it, it was it was almost like i said if you didn't know anything about previous comic book stories you wouldn't have been able to piece this together my my son is a huge comic book you know uh you know aficionado i don't know if uh, i'll say aficionado he likes comic books just as much as i do and he had plenty of questions to me coming out of the film number one being he didn't even really realize that that was the flash in that dream sequence i'm not going to go into semantics um <laughs> like i said basically it was just that like i didn't really care for their portrayal of either of the characters i didn't feel like most of the things that happened in the movie were earned um i felt like there were really great shots, really great vignettes. The movie was composed beautifully, but that, um, God, it just like, it almost felt like two great movies put together, cut, tried to cut into one. There was just so much they were trying to do. And I understand they're trying to, to establish so much in one movie, but I, I just, I feel like it just wasn't set up uh, mm -hmm. at all. I don't feel like the, fight at the end was earned i don't feel i didn't feel the justification and my biggest qualm with the movie actually is that there were there were so many great storylines that they used and it feels like they tried to just like like uh cherry pick which pieces they want from each story and and glob them all into this one movie 
Um, I really didn't see them just killing Superman at the end. And I, I know Doomsday's in the movie. I should have seen that coming. But I really didn't see that coming. And, like, I should have been weeping at that. I should have been weeping at that. And I just wasn't. Um, and my son said the same thing to me before I, I conveyed it to him. Um, that being said, like I said, this is not a terrible movie. There are great shots. There's great scenes. Uh, the people are cast well. I, you know, of course, most, I'm not going to say all the negative criticism is unwarranted. There, you know, some of the negative criticism has merit. But if you like the movie, that's not to invalidate your opinion either. All of these opinions are valid with the, with the exception of saying things like this is, a garbage movie and and uh what was the other thing i said i'm sorry and about Zack snyder being a hack those aren't true but you know what else isn't true if you can't see the different things in this movie you're brain dead that's what i'm hearing from the other side of the argument either it -hmm. cuts both ways guys an opinion is an opinion and facts are facts if if enough people share i don't know it's that's not to say I'm not going to go see Justice League. Of course I'm going to go see Justice League. <laughs> but what I hate most of all is like the the discussion that's um came up around the, the criticism of this film. Mm-hmm. Um just because someone criticizes something doesn't and and then you like it, that doesn't make either of your opinions invalid or valid. That's just how someone feels. And if you feel differently, go watch the movie again. Vote with your pocket. Don't Start hurling around insults and threats. It's just stupid. Um, okay. I, I guess that's all I have to say. I know this has been a little bit long-winded. Um, if I <laughs> have to give it a it's score, okay. I don't even know that I want to give it a letter score, especially that I've only seen it one time. I think I'll wait upon repeat viewing. But I, but I'll be honest, I'm not going to go pay to see it again. I'm going to go ahead, and, but I'll get the DVD, of course, when it comes out, or Blu-ray when it comes out. So, um, looking forward to you guys, like, I know you guys all love the film, and so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say, and maybe pointing out to me some things that I missed, so that maybe, just like Man of Steel, when I go in for my repeat viewing, maybe, but like I said, I just, I don't know, like, I didn't care for the portrayal of Batman, I didn't care for for the portrayal of Superman, (sighs) but I love comic book movies, and I love that people love this movie. Thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. I, yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's very interesting. Like, I, I I will say that you know I don't think I've heard uh, I don't think I've heard of anybody going to see the movie for a second time who walked out of the movie liking it less after seeing it a second right. time. You know, I, I I don't think I've even uh, heard of anybody going to see it a second time and coming out feeling the same about it. I, I, everyone I've heard about going to see it a second time has said they liked it better. And, you know, I'm one of those people. (laughs) And, you know, as much as uh, I, you know, you're very right there, Bobby, that it's kind of cutting both ways and this criticism and everything. And it's just that's become the story of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think I think where a lot of my frustration comes into it is, you know, there's a. Don't like like the movie, don't like the movie, whatever. But there's there's a whole segment of people who are like gleeful about the cr- critical reaction and going into places where people are fans of, of not just of the characters, but of the movie or trying to talk about the movie because they're excited about the movie. And it, like I, I'm particularly thinking about uh, the uh, DC cinematic uh, subreddit uh, that's out there. Mm. But, you know, and, and they're just – 
you know, they're, they're basically these trolls just shutting down the conversation, downvoting anyone who has anything good to say about it, derailing any sort of productive yeah. conversation that could be had about the movie, which is why I haven't been really talking about it there or elsewhere online. I've, I've been saving it all up for this, for this discussion. So, uh, like, like I, I think it's interesting, and I think it's weird that you don't see this happen with other comic book movies, really. Like, I haven't really seen this happen with – not just, uh, you know – I mean, even Man of Steel had its detractors, but there wasn't this big, like, pile-on of people wanting to see the movie fail. And I think it's weird, and I, I think it I think it says something about fandom in general. Mm, I'm not sure I've never sure been a big yet. fan of fandom. Like, I need more data points. It, yeah, it, I – I hate I, fandoms. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I. I. I think. Uh. You know. Definitely the the source of the short term fan fanatic. Definitely on full display in discussions mm-hmm. about uh, Batman v Superman. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but I figured I, I know VV in particular has some things to say. Yeah, wanted wanted to say some stuff, so I'm going to put my Skype uh, name in the chat room, and if you guys want to uh, swipe. Skype. Skype. And if you guys want to scroll this out so I, I don't accidentally display it on the green screen, I'll put the chat room back on in a minute. Uh, but that's my Skype name if anybody wants to call. Did I get uh, enough? <laughs> Did I get enough? Yeah, and uh, uh, Derek from Gotham says, forget about them, Bill. We watch Gotham. This is definitely the perfect version of the movie for Gotham fans. Yeah. Very I, much I agree. agreed. I agree. Very much agreed. Yeah, so we'll just wait here and Except see. Except I could use some Professor Strange. <laughs> That's yeah. so good. Maybe maybe for the Batman movie. Like uh, I really hope that they make Riddler the uh the villain for the Batman first Batman movie. I don't think I've ever actually seen the movie that had the Riddler in it. Yeah, it just a- <laughs> both me and, me and Bobby are just like get it out, get it JJJ. out. JJJ. I know, but I, I think it would be cool to t- see a a serious take on the Riddler. I mean, I really like Jim Carrey's performance in Batman Forever. I know I'm I'm pretty much alone, alone in, in your that. principles. I've never seen it, so But but uh, it. you know, I I think that uh you know, I would definitely be interested to see a serious take on the Riddler. Okay, we're going to give it about 30 more seconds, see if anyone calls in on that Skype line I popped in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, oh, there- that's right. You're only like two episodes behind us, though. Uh- Wait until you see <laughs> when, when Jim kills Lee. Wait until you see oh. when when oh, Harvey... Harvey... Uh, Wait till you see Maroney back from the dead. Wait till you see the sandwich... <laughs> Harvey eats in episode 15. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the best sandwich ever, ever. Oh, let's oh, see. Oh, oh. Someone sent me a contact request. It might be RVV, except. Yeah, it says I'm VV. Okay. <laughs> Can't get through. It's okay. Next. Oh, no, no, we had to accept. Hold on. Try again. Try again. Call Skype. Call. Oh, I think. Oh, oh no. Hey, uh, it says you're busy. They said they couldn't get through. Let me try again. All right. See? VV? Vivi? Yes, yes, this is me. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. I, I just want to, you know, I've been hearing so many people hate this movie. Uh, I, I, it was like a week before the movie came out, and I, I, I wish I had a chance to go see it with all the early, but I didn't. I just, mm-hmm. But I was watching all these critic reviews because there was an early showing, so I mm-hmm. was listening to all these critics explain this movie, and almost every one of them hated it. Yeah. I mean, from Collider, I mean, uh, Jay Roar, he's he's like a Superman fan, and there was some other mm-hmm. guy. Everybody hated it, and I was so skeptical. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go see this movie mm-hmm. because all these critics that I listened to that that basically I thought agreed with me, you know, mm-hmm. hated it. So I, but then right 
on the day it was about to open, I couldn't take it anymore. So I went to see it and I loved it. In fact, I think it's one of the best movies ever. It, it, it reminds me of Gotham. The reason why I like Gotham is because it's a different interpretation of the, 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 the storyline. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like it. I, I like movies with different interpretations. Uh, t- uh, Tim Burton's Batman as opposed to the, 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 the pop art Batman that we got in the 60s, 70s with the pow, boo, boo. You know, mm-hmm. And then we had Nolan's Batman, which was a reinterpretation of that that made it more realistic. I like these new interpretations, and I think that's the problem, why critics don't like it, because they, they don't like the interpretations of it. They want their old superheroes back. I, I think a lot of these people don't like the movie because it's not comedic. There's no comedy in, in this movie, and they're mm-hmm. so used to like superhero movies with some sort of comedic uh, of value to it. Well, when you watch Gotham, there's basically no comedy, and, mm-hmm. and I like that. I, I like that's how I, I imagine a world with superheroes to be. I don't think it's going to be uh, comedic like that. I think it's going to be on a serious level. Like yeah, I, th- I think you're, I think you're you're right. You know, I I don't think there, or there's not a lot of broad comedy in Gotham or in this movie. But there there are funny moments, but they're they're more played straight, and they're they're the, it's it's character comedy. It's not you know kind of a jokey mm-hmm. kind of comedy. Yeah, I, I, the comedy that they did put in in uh, Batman versus Superman. I thought it was kind of forced, like that one mm-hmm. last scene. Can I spoil a little bit where where, where Batman saves? Oh, you can spoil no, whatever you want. We're spoiling everything here. <laughs> okay, so when Batman saves Martha, Superman's um, uh, uh, mother, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, he 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 says to her, "Oh, I'm 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 with your son," and she says, "Oh yeah, I know the cape." I figured the cape, and I think mm-hmm. they forced that. I don't think um, uh, uh, Snyder wanted Zack Snyder wanted that, but I think like the big has like we're going to have to add some comedy in here because it's too mm-hmm. too serious. And even that scene where Batman says to uh, uh, or Superman says to Batman, oh, "Who is this? I thought she was with you." And mm-hmm. then he says, "Well, I thought I think they put that in there. I don't think Zack Snyder really wanted that comedy." Yeah, you know? I, f- but I I felt that line was kind of tacked on too, just because, especially after I saw the movie, like in the trailer. I was like, okay, that's kind of fun, cute scene or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then when I saw the movie and I saw the order of the movie – Batman should have known her, like, by that point in the movie, because they had already had a couple run-ins. They had had a couple And he had seen the picture, and he was sending her emails back and forth, you know. But that doesn't mean that he didn't know that she wasn't with Superman. I guess that's true. There was never a distinct statement that... You know, just because they both wear, like, (laughs) red, blue, and yellow, that they're both together, like, they're not the color-coordinated couple, so. Yeah, I mean, those lines make make the movie, I mean, I I don't know, I I liked it. I liked the whole movie, everything about it. I mean, I can nitpick the movie and go into minute details and say Mm -hmm. this was wrong. Like, like, uh, like Superman not knowing who Bruce Wayne was. He's a reporter. He should know Bruce Wayne, especially Bruce Wayne is a multi-billionaire. Mm-hmm. Come on, who doesn't know multi-billionaires, especially a reporter? But that's nitpicking. I mean, I, I thought everything about this movie was perfect. Was it deep, like on a on a serious level? Not yet. And I say not yet because I think this movie is deep in terms of the movie coming up. Now, remember, this is not called Justice League. This is called Batman versus Superman. And the subtitle is Dawn of, uh, Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. Now, part two... This is how I figure it is still going to be called Batman versus Superman. 
the fight is not over. This is leading to the injustice storyline. That's mm-hmm. why Flash was in there. He, and he was warning. If you listen carefully, he says, it's Lois. It's Lois. The injustice storyline is Lois being killed by, by Clark, by Superman. But if, if, if you're not into this, it's hard for you to get. And I don't know, whatever. But basically, <laughs> the, I, I can go deep into it. I love this because I know the storyline like pretty well. So I, mm-hmm. I follow this. Right? Am I wrong for oh, saying that? No, I, I definitely I definitely got the impression that that's kind of the direction they're going, or that might be that might be like the the future they're heading towards if they don't save the day at the end of the Justice League movie or something for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I I, th- I think it's it's a very I, I thought it was a really good movie, and I definitely feel like while Batman and Superman are aren't going to be on the same page in justice league. It's going to be more like, okay, who's the leader here? Mm. What's this team all about? Sort of thing. I think they're going to have more verbal fights than physical ones for sure. Yeah. Well, I I think that they're, that uh, they're going to continue with this fight between Superman and Batman in, in part two. I'm almost positive. If if you take down all the, the dream sequences, you could see the Injustice storyline playing out. Mm-hmm. It's all the, the dream sequences are, is the Injustice storyline. That, that's my opinion. I think they're going to carry this into part two. And that's how I hope it, it goes. I don't want this to be a corny uh, Justice League War type of movie. You know, the animation? Justice yeah. League War. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, okay. And that's me. <laughs> all right. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, thank of you course, for thank calling, you. Thank calling you for in. joining Definitely. us. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we, we'll, we'll see you in Gotham, okay? Okay. okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's see here. We'll give Bobby a call real quick. Uh, let's see here. Bobby, call. Bobby, we're calling you. Dun 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 I think that's how the Wonder Woman. No, I don't think that's how that went. No. No. It doesn't. Hello. Hey, Bobby. Yeah, hey, guys. I'm just wanting to turn the volume down on this so I'm not interfering. Oh, I hear us. Oh, yeah. Caller, turn down your radio. There you go. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, How's You're it going, good. Bobby? All right, all right. You've been staying out of the trouble in the chat room there? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, God. This was the first week I almost left the chat room, guys. Oh, no. Oh, wow. It's like... That's another thing about this movie is that any conversation about it, if there are two people who are on the opposite sides, it gets pretty intense pretty quickly. Yes, for it sure. Does. Yes. But I feel like I was trying everything I could to tell him. It was like, dude, I understand your opinion. It's valid. It's fine. And he kept coming back at me. And I was like, ah. Well, that's the but thing, anyway. too. Is It's just like, a, you know, a chat room is a, is a poor a place. place for a very in-depth discussion, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, you can think that the other party isn't understanding your point. Or you, you, and you can, can kind of get repetitious trying to get your point across if you don't think they're getting it. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to explodey town. But uh, what do you want to say, Bob? Uh, okay. Well, first of all, like I just wanted to say that this is like one of my favorite. You know, I've come here once a week, twice a week, three times a week. However many podcasts you guys are recording <laughs> depends <laughs> but, on the um, week. <laughs> um, but what I love is that we all can have different opinions and have a discussion about it, and not get vitriolic and not uh you know resor- i don't know I, 
Um, I, I don't know. I just felt, I, I almost felt like I had to get on the defense there for a moment because I don't hate this movie. Yeah. And I never said I hated this movie. I understand all of, you know, I, I, okay, I'm a Marvel fanboy. I'm not, I'll, you know, preface <laughs> it with that, but, but that's not to say I don't love DC as well. I've got a scar on my forehead from when I busted my head open when I was three trying to be Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I think every kid has that scar. <laughs> So I totally get Superman. I get Batman. And I've read all of these different stories. I understand the different stories they borrowed from. And so don't keep telling me that I don't get it. I don't understand. I totally understand. I know everything. I knew those were parademons. I knew, you know, I I know all of those things. I know that was the flash that popped out of the wall. But (laughs) I don't feel like it, it shouldn't be up to general audiences to have to either have previous knowledge or to try to learn to gather all of that from the context of the film especially when i feel like the context wasn't there in the film it's like you know like someone said earlier in the thing in the chat room oh well you know you know especially movie critics who think the flash thing was a dream sequence well in their defense the movie didn't do anything otherwise you know didn't tell the critics anything to fit I'm sorry. Like I said, I had a few to drink. <laughs> we support that. You know, we support that. Well, I, I know. I, I think uh, you know, it, particularly with that the Flash thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think they they kind of structured that as a dream sequence. So if you didn't know the Parademons mm-hmm. in the comics and the the big Omega symbol in the desert, this guy over here, it just came off as you know Batman crazy pants dream a time. Yeah, and I totally understand that. And that's another thing is I feel like there are there were moments like that and like them just looking through the um the files and whatnot that felt like they were just kind of just crammed in there were like you know to try to set up other films and like Mm -hmm. that's what like the the post-credit sequences in the marvel films have become so i feel like that that's what i would have done with that is thrown that into like a post-credit scene yeah i i really feel like though the the dc really couldn't do a post-credit scene because if they did then everybody would be saying even more so than they already are that dc is trying to copy marvel and and that's kind of marvel's thing they kind of came up with that and they've done it in every movie forever now and i don't think the fair ferris bueller came up with that yeah yeah that's very true that's very (laughs) true (laughs) but yeah and i also uh just uh, back to your earlier point too i i don't want you to think that when i was saying um you know, people might not know the characters as they are in the comics, and that might be where some of the criticism... I, that wasn't directed at you. That was directed at me. No, no, that was directed <laughs> at uh, some of the some of the critical reviews I read from uh, outlets like Rolling Stone and a few other places that were complaining about things about the, the character that are inherent to the character in the comics, but haven't ever really come across in, in an adaptation of the film, because... In a lot of ways, a lot of the DC adaptations outside of the animation, uh, you know, realm have been really subpar and really, you know, just 60 percent of the character, you know. Mm -hmm. So I I think I I think that kind of like messed with people's expectations for what this movie was going to be a lot, you know. Oh, no, I I can see what you're saying. And to be and to go back to what you were saying, I wasn't that wasn't directed at you. That was VV who kept saying in the chat, like, oh, well, you don't understand this because you don't understand the characters. And it's, this is the Injustice storyline. It's like, no, I know Injustice. I know all of this stuff. Don't tell me I don't know. I know. Well, see, now, now I feel like I should have, I should have uh, brought Left VV in with, no, with you on no, a group call so you, got, you guys call. could talk and make no, up. No, but... no, 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 no. That probably would have. No. no I... <laughs> 
That's fair. Well, well, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, agree to disagree. Yes. I, I think That's you both. What I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think you guys both had great points, both in the chat room and on your call. Yep. I'm glad the fighting's over. I'm glad. Let us end the fighting here. I'm glad Batman killed Superman and we're done with it Let's all, all get another beer. <laughs> okay, uh, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up here, Bobby. Thanks so much uh, for calling and hanging out and everything. We love you, man. All right, thanks, guys. Love you, too. See you. Goodbye. Bye. All right, cool. So I guess that about wraps it up. Anne-Marie, do you have any other thoughts on Batman v Superman, or do you think our two-hour and 15-minute stream has about covered everything we need to say about it? My cup is empty. That's all I have to say right now. Yeah, and Jimbo's got to go, too. Jimbo's got to go. All right, we all got to go. Gotham forever. Yeah. Okay, uh, thank you. And uh, join us next time for more Legends Legends of of Gotham. Gotham. See, you know what you should have done? What? Gotten the Wonder Woman theme for the end here. I should have, huh? Yeah, probably. But then we probably would have got a YouTube takedown. No, we wouldn't have. No, we probably would have. We got some problems up here. Do you bleed? You will. No, he didn't, though. There was no bleeding. He didn't bleed. He didn't bleed. Not even with that giant hole in his chest. No, not even with the giant hole. Hmm, that's an interesting question.